Hey everyone, today is Thursday the 25th of February 2021. This is The Gap, episode 554. I'm Luke Laurie. Job Gore's here. How's your week going, Job? Anything exciting happening? Nah, nothing really. Nothing, nothing. really exciting. You know, just kicking the can down the road. I have to ask, uh, yeah. how do you, how do you do this beard shit? I, I, I've been inspired to go for the beard <laughs> right. from having to see you with this beard every fucking week. And yeah. uh, like apart from the fact that my face, I want to fucking literally claw my face off. I want to take my face mm. off. Um, yeah, uh, like mine looks like messy and unkempt. Mine, I look like, I like let's ignore that I've got like little... <laughs> wispy gray bits at the bottom of my, my chin. Like, you know, it looks all right. patchy on the side and stuff. Like, yeah. yours looks fucking glorious. It's, and it's I not. look like a dog with mange. <laughs> it's just, you got to, you got I need some tips. I need beard tips, Luke. I need- I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I think you need to speak to like Nate because he's got, he's been gone for a while now. Yeah, but- for me, this is just like, we are in the same boat right like i wouldn't ask nate because like that'd be like if i don't know like i want advice because let's say we're stranded on an island right we're stranded on a tropical island uh i i get shipwrecked and i like just sort of float ashore and i get to shore and i put together like just this this shitty lean-to like this absolute garbage lean to and I'm eating fucking grubs. And then I like take a walk down the beach, right? And I see you in a fucking tree house with a monkey butler, right? And yeah. I'm like, how do I fucking do that? And you are, and like your response is, oh, you should ask Nate. And I look at Nate and Nate's got a fucking castle up on the bluff. And I'm, I don't know, I'm not ready for a castle on the bluff. I just want a tree house with a monkey butler that's all yeah. I'm ready for, right? Like, Nate's perspective on this shit. First of all, I don't mm-hmm. think he remembers growing a beard, right? Like, I think he, I think the beard grew Nate out of it. Like, I think it was the other way around. Nate is actually right. the beard, and the rest of him is the uh, set dressing. But mm. you, I've seen you grow this beard, so surely you got some fucking advice, <laughs> something to tell me. I guess don't shave it. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Don't shave it. Why do you not itch constantly? Why are you not itching? Do you itch? Um, I don't know. No, there, I think there was a point the last time I did it where I was like, what the fuck? Like, why is it so itchy? Uh, but but this time it's no. It, it must be like the first time you do it and that's it. It's gone. Unbelievable. I don't know. Unbe- that now, is I just, now I just get... The, the the problem is that stuff like um, uh, eating is a problem at this stage. Like I've got to have fucking tissues with me all the time because yep. otherwise it's just a, it's a disaster. Oh, um, yeah, yeah I, like had that. A, uh, I had a cream cheese bagel for breakfast, mm. and it was a horror show. Good <laughs> lord, just right. fucking cream cheese everywhere, and and. Yeah, and mine's not even nearly as glorious as yours. I just, it took me like fucking 15 minutes to wash my face. 
was jalapeno cream cheese. So maybe that's why I'm itching. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. like that. Do you have a um, has seeped into my fucking <clears throat> hair follicles or something? And it's yes. Yeah. Do you need? A, do you have a beard towel? You need a beard towel. A beard towel. Tell me more about this yeah. beard towel. See, like, oh, I've got no advice, Joe. I've got nothing to tell you, man. No, I'm just, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. If I find out that a beard towel is a real thing and you're, you're keeping be. this from me, I'm going to be so yeah. fucking mad. I do have, like, um, a, a beard <clears throat> uh, balm that does stop right. it, it stops it from itching for about half an hour. <laughs> just just lather it on for yeah, 30 just, minutes. I just, like, scoop it on constantly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's about right. all I've got. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going for the beard, but I tell you what, I tell you what, it might not make. Probably going to show up next week with back to my. Uh, just push through. Shitty just push three through. day growth. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's driving me fucking bananas. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. the fucking. What's going on here? Like, Where? it's so patchy. It's so shitty. Me. Oh, me. me, yeah. Yours is fucking amazing. <laughs> no, no, mine's patchy as well. You Get- can't see it on this camera. Like right here, it's it's bad. But if it- you push through, then it gets to the point where it's probably thick enough to sort of hide how shit it is. It's this part that's like fucking that just goes. Yeah, like goatee. Mine doesn't grow in <clears throat> here either. Mm. Like yours sort of does that. Like we're talking about the uh, the corners of the mouth, below the corners of the mouth. Right. My uh, my beard doesn't grow down there, but yours yours appears to sort of do the same thing, but it's still fuller, and it's also there's no grey bits. So, hmm. despite us only being one year apart in age, sure, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how old I am <laughs> at this stage. I've given up counting. Yeah, um, thirty seven. I think I'm thirty seven. I don't know. No, you can't be because I'm thirty seven. All right, it must be 36. Must so there's be. probably a website I can check this thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's oh, called a calculator. Mind. You fucking work out what year you were born in, and then you just make like work it out from there. Yeah. Or 36. I could just go to a website and it'll tell me. Are you um, seriously, are you seriously, like, how old am I? Dot com or some shit? <clears throat> nah, my age calculator. My- <laughs> uh, 36 years. <laughs> and how many months? Um, four. Right. It's, it even asks for a time and I'm like, I don't need a time. That's, that's, know. that's a bit much. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's too much, too much information. These days, everyone, like kids born these days would know all that shit. They'd know down to the fucking microsecond. Their dad right. would have taken a fucking photo for the gram or something. Oh, here's the bay. Uh, here's, here's when your head crowned and I put it on TikTok with a weird filter. Here's what you. Yeah, now you're a cat. <laughs> Here's what your afterbirth would have looked like as a cat. <laughs> yeah. Here's with your Disney princess eyes. <laughs> this is the uh, oldest old person chatter that we've had on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> oh, the kids these days on their TikToks. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, big. We have the big, new sections back this week. Big news week. Uh, <laughs> and a handful of games. And I'm, I'm certain we've got questions. So uh, let's yeah. jump into it. Yeah, let's do that. Go. Bloons. Bloons. Six. Bloons. Uh, I've been looking for a new mobile game to play. 
And uh, Johnny Bravo suggested this on our Discord. And uh, I've liked the Bloons games in the past. I like tower defense in mm. general. And so I figured I'd give Bloons a look. Um, I just sort of bounced off it. I don't know what it is. I think maybe... Uh, I think my tastes in tower defense games has evolved. Uh, so that, like, in a way where what I prefer are the, the maze builder tower defense. You know, it's so weird to think about, like, you know, tower defense seems like a pretty niche concept as it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, okay, so what, you don't even play, you just let, like, you build the towers and then let it happen, right? Mm. On the surface, it seems quite, um, yeah, niche. But it's the original idol game. The original, yeah. Um, But below that, um, there is, like, there are subcategories of tower defense games. And, uh, yeah, it's... My, I think my favorite type uh, uh, is the like tower defense game where you build a maze um, for the the units to go down, and the the AI will path its way through the maze, and that's the preferred way to play. And it just uh, Bloons is one of those games where they've got the path, the path is set, and you like try to defeat them based on like placement outside of the path. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just not my favorite kind. There was another, there was another really popular one, uh, like that, um, was fucking huge for a little while there. I played all of them. I played like, I used to switch between balloons and, oh my God, it's killing me. Like, I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, best. It's a tower defense game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mobile based tower defense kingdom rush kingdom rush oh yeah yeah the, the kingdom rush games um yeah mm-hmm. they um they do the like a very similar thing not exactly the same they've got some stuff out in the path itself but mostly like broadly speaking it's mm-hmm. you're restricted to the outskirts of the path that you can't build within it and yeah i think i just prefer to build my own path. I just, I don't know what it is. I think I find that more, uh, engaging, you know, like there, mm-hmm. there's, there's something about the architectural element of creating this perfect path. Uh, although like there, there are like, yeah, there, there are ways for that to fall over as well. Like when they give you too many resources, you, there's, one very obvious path, but, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I got, I got a little, a little bit of that, uh, when we were playing, uh, loop hero, right? Obviously it wasn't pathing for AI or anything, but there was, there's that, uh, that element of, uh, the, the grid based architecture or layout based gameplay, uh, in mm-hmm. trying to craft the best possible, uh, like, I don't know, layout for your upgrades and stuff. Sure. Um, and I just, yeah, I just really like that style of game. So, yeah, I bounced off balloons, unfortunately. But, it, like, if you're after a tower defense game and you don't, like, you don't care too much what kind, like, it actually, 
it rips. Like the only re- like I, I must have played it for like four hours before it bounced off of it. Um, yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I think I'm not going to get to do the thing that I want to do. Uh, hmm. But yeah, you just keep like taking on harder and harder levels, and you bump up the difficulty. And yeah, it's like they've got a really good like system in place. I don't know if you play the balloons games, but like your monkeys, you're killing balloons. It seems like sort of dumb on the face of it, but um, yeah, it just sort of winds up making sense. The basic blue uh, monkey is shooting a, a blow dart at the balloon. And as you go further down, you you know, your monkeys get crazier and crazier. They're flying planes and shooting cannons and shit like that. But the balloons get crazier and crazier as well until they're like armored and frozen and all this kind of shit. And yeah, you wind up in these situations where you've got to account for lots and lots of different little things like all yeah. these different elements. And I think that is sort of the essence of the tower defense game is, uh, it's almost like, a um, like a deck builder, right? Like in that the only way to win is to have, uh, like is to have enough knowledge of what you will face to account for every circumstance. And you have to, you know, manage, your budget enough so that you can do it in a way that is yeah. is like efficient. Um, so yeah, it's it's very compelling, uh, but yeah, it just wasn't wound up not being the tower defense for me, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I um talked about it in uh, 2018 when I went to QuakeCon because I um had it as my uh, tablet game. Oh yeah, I was playing on the plane, so um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it is now, but it wasn't free back then. I had to buy it, but it was only a couple of bucks even then. Um, it might have only just come out at I that stage. Have so I don't know it back it's... then, actually. Then because I, I don't know if it's free either, but I didn't have to yeah. buy it, so it might have been already in my library. <laughs> well, uh, I did see it show up on my Steam list the other day for some reason. I don't know why. Um, possibly because I was playing some tower defense sort of that idle game and it might have just popped up for that reason Um, but it's definitely a paid game on Steam I'm not sure about on mobile still I'm going to assume it is Uh, Bloons TD 6 is 5 US on Apple Store and 5 on Google so yeah still a paid game Right, so yeah, I must have bought it back in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Um, and bounced off it then. It didn't have any of my save games or anything, so... Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Bloons. Cool. Um, yeah, like, it, it, if you like tower defense, it absolutely works. It's just yeah, not the tower defense for me. Uh, what else we got? What's up next? More mobile Dungeon games. Dungeon faster. faster. So my my quest for a great mobile game continues, and uh, this time I've landed on Dungeon Faster, which is a um, a well regarded game. Uh, but I actually wound up not liking it all that much. It's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. deck builder, roguelike type game. Um, they seem to be quite popular on mobile. Um, like it's a popular genre on mobile, but the weird thing is like 
what what it is, what I think it's sprung from is the idea of why don't they just put Slay the Spire on mobile? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fair question. Why don't they just put fucking Slay the Spire on mobile or Monster Train or whatever? Like these games, I don't, there must be some part or like some element in them that makes them not work as mobile games but i can't fucking see it it's not ui it's not uh like yeah. mechanics unless it's like literally computing uh i can't see why they wouldn't shove it on mobile and make billions instead of millions you know well i think the difference there is that a lot of these games are free and they've got um gem systems and all sorts of weird like microtransaction stuff on there whereas if they chuck it on there they spend all this development time and they but they need to charge for it um and say like hey this game is uh you know like what is it on steam 20 bucks or something like that like they're not going to get away with with that and so maybe the safer bet for them is to just not put it on there like i, I don't know i'm done i haven't looked into it i they've obviously looked into it that would be my assumption is that it's like if you're selling the exact same game on a different platform for a lot less, maybe it's just not worth it for them at this stage. Maybe it's that that's a project that is like, all right, we'll give Slay the Spire four years and then we'll chuck it on mobile. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's probably fair. Like I don't I don't know. It just to me, it feels like a, an excuse to yeah print money hand over fist. You look at like mm. Among Us, right? Among Us versus on steam right i believe was... say the spy is on mobile is it <laughs> yes i'm just looking now it's 10 bucks on mobile what <laughs> when did this happen um i don't know it's on ios and android, android. On android. 20 it, came, it actually just came out on android like two weeks ago fuck <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw yeah. this the news that it was coming to mobile and I must have thought, oh, it, it's coming like eventually mm. and I'll, I'll hear about it when it does actually hit. And then I just didn't fucking, God damn it. Right. I, I mean, it's it's $10. It's not the 25 US that it is on, on Steam. It's definitely a prize cut, but um, like I'm assuming it's the same game. Like it's from yeah. what I can tell. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the reason I got Dungeon Faster is because it won a bunch of like Game of the Year awards from like mobile sites and, uh, and it was regarded mm-hmm. as a really good deck building roguelike, but I think it's a really good, it, it might be, you know, among the best of the deck building roguelikes yeah. on mobile at the time, not in general. And I think that's a, a bit of a problem because, uh, yeah, like it just doesn't compete with the deck building roguelites that aren't on mobile. That like the the real heavy hitters of the fucking genre. Um, I just found it uh, to be quite uh, shallow in terms of uh, the deck building system like you you acquire new cards as you use them and you find them at random while you're basically you're you're going through a dungeon uh and 
your fighting enemies. Uh, so basically, each level you've got to find a key and the next, like the path down the ladder down. And uh, when you find the key, you'll fight an enemy and you can't, you know, take the path down until you've killed that enemy. And that's about like all there is to that element of it, mm. right? Like, um, along the way, right? Each level has like traps and stuff that you need to navigate, but you're uncovering each level at sort of at random. You don't know what the tiles on the level will show. So it's, it's, it's almost like a, imagine you had a, a grid of 25 cards, like code names, right? Um, laid out in front of you and you flip one, right? And instead of, I don't know, some word that, you make people guess you flip one and it's got like a gem and that gem you can use to like cast your magic powers and stuff. Um, so you flip that card and it's got a gem that goes into you and, or you flip it and it's got some stakes and that means it's a trap and you lose some health, uh, or I don't know, another enemy, right? A mm -hmm. second enemy. And so you've got to balance your decision to uncover everything on a single level with your ability to like live through what it's going to throw at you. And uh, yeah, you've got to make those decisions. It just, uh, I don't know if it, it feels like too much of the game is directed at the, the randomness. Like there's, hmm. there's a, you can manage for that RNG. Uh, but it's one of those situations where managing for RNG is literally not playing the game. I think that's what it is, right? Like the the more you play it, the more you understand that you're not supposed to uncover every card on a level or I mean, later on anyway. Um, and that, but like uncovering the cards on the levels is how you play the game. Hmm. Uncovering the tiles on the level, sorry, is how you play the game. And so the strategy is to play the game less and less until I just found myself not playing the game because... Right. Because you're kind of just turning over cards and having to deal with whatever it's given you. Like, yeah, there's exactly. no skill. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's there's definitely, like, there's skill in knowing what might be on the tiles and being able to account for it. Yeah. Um, But it's... Yeah, it doesn't feel like... uh. A, there's no that, aha, okay, if I do this and this and this, then I'm going to have the perfect run ever, right? That's what I, that's that monster train thing, right? Like, or, or Slay the Spire thing where, you know, you like, okay, well, if I take this guy and I'm going to like eat a bit of shit for a little while, but if I can get him fed all the way up and then I can find the multi-strike, he is going to murder everything uh there's none of that you sort of just grinding your way through this dungeon each time and you get a little bit further and you unlock a shortcut and stuff like that but um unlock shortcuts and stuff like that but it doesn't like result in satisfying play it just sort of allows you to get deeper in the dungeon and mm -hmm. yeah i just didn't find that terribly interesting so i bounced off that and now i'm gonna go by slay the spot play that instead cool. because the other game i've been playing on my mobile and on my pc 
just in general, is Hearthstone. Mm. Uh, no, no. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Yeah, that's better. Thank you. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Uh, We've been pronouncing it wrong this for years, turns out. <laughs> Bloody and, and Diablo. I'm never going to say Diablo. I'm always going to say Diablo. 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 I say it both ways. I don't know. I, I mix uh, and match. Sometimes ways. I'm Ubisoft. Sometimes I'm Ubisoft. It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> um, That's what I wanted to do. Someone, like, give him a fucking bunch of words. That guy, like, now say Ubisoft. Now say, now say GIF. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, fresh references. Super fresh. So, was watching BlizzCon... Uh, they announced a new a hero building single player game coming mm-hmm. to the next expansion for Hearthstone. I'm like, well, I could play that. I've got that yep. on my mobile. I want a fucking deck builder on my mobile and Slay the Spire. does exist, but I'm too much of an idiot to know about it. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll reinstall Hearthstone on my fucking mobile. And hmm. uh, so that's what I did. And I've been playing Battlegrounds, which is, you know, it's an auto chess game. Um, yeah. It's Hearthstone's auto chess game. And I've played, I played a little bit of the others, like the other modes and stuff, but I just don't like it. I just don't. I, I said it the other week when I went on my 80 minute rant about Magic the Gathering. I'm not yep. playing versus mode card games anymore. Uh, I think Battlegrounds manages to skirt past it because it's an auto battler as opposed to uh, a, a regular card duel. Sure. I just don't like card duels. I think I worked it out too. Like I've been sitting there fucking wondering why I don't like card duels. And it's because I've played fucking duels in other games. Right? You play fucking Quake 3. You duel in Quake 3 or Rocket Arena. Right? And you know what you've got right like you know all your weapons like in rocket arena you've got all your weapons from the fucking outset right and you know how to you know you press q for your rocket launcher and e for your railgun and uh what oh what do you do what, what's your setup ah r, r is rocket launcher what the why because it starts with r that is fucking idiotic <laughs> it's your q? most used weapon yeah ah R is rocket launcher. Q is plasma gun. Uh, plasma gun. F is lightning gun. Christ! <laughs> oh my god! You press this Q. This is why you're bad at Quake. And E. It's, it's finally way explained. Off. Fuck off! Okay, I will blitz you at Quake, motherfucker. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Ah. So dumb. Anyway. Um. You know, if you press R, you'll get your rocket launcher, right? Um, this is this is uh, this sounds so dumb, but in a duel in a card game, you don't know what you're gonna get, right? And I don't have a problem with that in single player card games because you are constructing your deck to beat a computer, right? But in Versus mode in dual card games, uh, other people are building their deck to beat you. And I just feel like too often it comes down to a case of like 
my RNG beats like yeah I think I've said it before I don't like there's a certain amount of elation in top decking your way to a victory but it's fleeting it's not a long lasting like success right you're like oh you fuck oh my god I can't believe the exact card I needed showed up just in time to save me right and in that moment you're like fuck Yes, that is some shit because in that moment you feel lucky, right? Everyone likes to feel lucky. But afterwards, right, if you examine your own success, examine, like, if you practice any amount of self-reflection, you realize that you were about to lose, that your strategy had put you in a situation where you were probably going to lose, and it was only by sheer luck that you managed to get out, get away with it. And that, I find, is not terribly satisfying, right? There's there's not a skill that, that there's not a skill based element in that, right? Like, it's it's a bit like uh, battle royale wins, right? When you get circle gifted, except in when you get circle gifted, at, like you can still compartmentalize it. You can still like chalk it up to okay well because i do this okay well i ensured that we were in a position where unless the circle went one specific direction mm -hmm. we would be in the superior position we would be able to win this game right mm -hmm. like uh on resurgence in um warzone uh when the circle has like when the final circles and there's only three teams left, uh, if you're the team on the roof of the jail, you I believe, in my opinion, uh, with a few exceptions, uh, you've put yourself in a fantastic you you've carved out a fantastic path to victory, right? Um, the amount of like that final circle, right? You are best position to win the game from there before that your path to victory has been uh paved with terrors mm. because uh that rooftop is a nightmare everyone knows that that roof will give you the the superior positioning nine times out of ten so it winds up being a situation where like you're in so much trouble being up there uh, until it gets to the point where you are guaranteed that the circle will hold everyone else out. Um, that is skill, right? That is positioning skill. That is good play. And you have played well in a, in a way that has secured your victory for your team. Uh, that isn't the case when you top deck a card, right? Like you didn't play well. I mean, if it's the, if it's like the last card in your deck and you, and you top, top deck it, that's not top decking. That's fucking bottom decking. And like, if that's what you needed to win, then you played that fucking expertly. And that's not luck. That is perfection. That's fantastic. But that's not what happens. Uh, most of the time, most of the time it, what happens is, oh yeah, I just happened to get that one card. Yay. I win. I just don't like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Battlegrounds is different. Obviously, uh, RNG, like, heavy. Um, but 
yeah, there's, you know, all auto battlers require a, um, a degree of like extra skill that I just, well, it's not, see, I keep saying skill and it's, that's not correct because there's absolutely no question in my mind that there are supremely skilled, uh, card game players out there. Right. And I'm not trying to diss anyone who plays cards at a high level. I recognize that they're fucking amazing. My problem is I don't have the patience or time to learn. Like, their, their skill is derived from a significant amount of study, right? Like, the, they have mm. studied all of the cards, not just the cards of the deck that they want to build or the cards of the class that they want to play or anything like that. They've studied every single card, and so they know how to build a great deck from like from nothing like 30 cards all at once that will be able to take someone else on uh they know that they have you know like in slay the spire they know that they have created situations where they will be able to like account for every single variable that is going to be thrown at them uh and they won't wind up in situations where they need to top deck i don't have the fucking time or patience to do that uh and i haven't studied the cards enough so I wind up making decks that I think will do good, like do well based on what I understand of Hearthstone. But uh, invariably there are, you know, situations that I haven't accounted for and it will fall over to some extent. And that is obviously, it's obviously my failing, but most of the time because of, you know, you know, it's Blizzard. Uh, they're part of Activision. They know how to do matchmaking or sort of. Um, <laughs> they put me up against other people who are doing the same thing as me. They've made their decks to do some cool things and probably win games. And what will wind up happening is they will have not accounted for everything and they will need to rely on RNG. And so at my level of play, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, the level of play that I care to, to at least, you know, get to, um, I don't care for versus mode card games because I don't care to mm -hmm. learn all that stuff um, because it just winds up being my RNG beats your RNG or your RNG beats my RNG and I just don't find that very satisfying. Um, yeah, I've watched pros play Hearthstone and I there's still a fairly significant degree of RNG in there, but at the same time, like you can see uh, that they are making intelligent, uh, like information-based decisions mm -hmm. that have carved them out a path to victory, right? They are fantastic. And I've watched, you know, we've, we've been to Magic the Gathering tournaments and I've seen the same from Magic the Gathering players. That's not the level of play that I'm at, though, right? When I'm talking about Magic doesn't do this or Hearthstone doesn't do this, I'm talking about at my level of play. Um, always, right? Like, in every game, I'm talking about at my level of play. Anyway, um, Battlegrounds isn't like that because, like, you can actually account for a lot of, of stuff, right? Like, you are building your deck out uh, in the auto chess fashion uh, over the course of, of the game. And you can, if you are 
paying enough attention, you can make uh like tech you can tech against enemies quite intelligently uh and and like stop them. I've I've been on a bit of a winning streak in battlegrounds. Um I just I, I haven't even like I don't even play it with that much I'm playing fucking Idol Slayer while I'm playing Battlegrounds. I'm playing the two things mm-hmm. at the same time. That's the the worst thing about Battlegrounds is that uh like the in between rounds you've got like at least seventy seconds. And on the phone that's I don't know. Some some rounds I need all seventy seconds to do the the individual things that I need to do to to get my board right, but most of the time I do not need seventy seconds. I need about fifteen, and then there's fifty five seconds of sitting around doing nothing, and that's a bit boring. Mm. Um, so on the phone, that's that's a bit of a drawback for the battlegrounds. But yeah, on PC, yeah, I've, I've been on a bit of a winning streak, but I'm literally playing Idol Slayer uh, while. I'm playing Battlegrounds at the same time. And multitasking. I'm multitasking. <laughs> and and I'm still winning because the, like, you know, you've got your rating. I'm, st- I'm still only like 3,500 rated. Uh, I think it doesn't get super difficult until like 6,000 or something. Um, and yeah, I'm just sort of in this, like, you know, you, you can't jump straight. The, Gone are the days when an, uh, a matchmaking system or a matchmaking rating would um, would work out your level using a bunch of uh, test games, like the 10 test games. Now they just start you at zero and make you climb your way up. Mm. So I'm climbing my way up. Um, and yeah, you like you wind up in these situations where they've got one giant fucking thing that will kill everything they've got like they've been playing demons and they've got this card that every time you play a demon he gets plus four plus four and so by the time you come up against him and there's only like four of you left in the game um he's got like 140 140 or some shit and anyone who attacks him like entire boards die Mm. to like trying to kill him and the rest of his board is for shit. It's just demons that he's been playing to try to buff this guy up. And so you just buy whatever poison stuff you find because anything that attacks poison dies instantly and that's it. Instead of uh, whatever your strategy is, you just eliminate three cards, uh, three minions on your board and, and replace them with poison and he wipes, like he dies instantly. Because uh, he takes so much damage that he's he's out of the game the very next round, and then you go back to doing what you were doing, you know, I don't know, fucking beasts or uh, murlocs or whatever the fuck. But yeah, like there's there's room for that kind of teching, or you know, if someone's got fucking divine shields uh, for days, then you just find some like find the one or two minions that provide damage to all there's there's a taunt minion that does like one damage to everything and most of the time if these cards don't have their divine shields they just don't have enough in the tank they're not like at this level people aren't playing at a high enough level that they've accounted for this stuff like you just 
Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's auto chess shit, right? That's not card game shit. That is auto chess where you need to account for your success and you need to have accounted for how you are most likely to fail. And Hmm. like, yeah, it's easy to do in Underlords uh, because you've got the the ability to change your positioning. But on the flat board of a Hearthstone board, the best you can do with positioning is turn order, and that's not all that much. Uh, so you've got to go a bit deeper uh, on that stuff. Uh, but it's like it's not it's not gameplay depth. It's like you need to think a bit harder uh, to work out how you can shore up your, your weaknesses um, as opposed to in Underlords. Like they, I think there is gameplay depth in being able to reorder, reposition on the board and stuff like that. And you can create some really interesting scenarios that just don't necessarily happen all that much in Battlegrounds. I'm enjoying myself, but now that I know Slay the Spire is out on mobile, I'm probably not going to play it oh, until the fucking hero builder comes out and then I'll play that I'll check that out for sure yeah um, I was pretty close to installing it yeah Hearthstone because um, yeah. I was looking for a, another game to just jump on and be my um, my my podcast game but uh, some other game you play stuff while, come through while and... we record the podcast yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I also jumped into um, Monster Train as well, so I was, I've been playing a little bit of that, but not much really to talk about. I, I did some like extra Covenant levels, and that was about it. Um, I guess we'll, we'll jump back into that more once this new this new patch drops. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'll jump into Hearthstone um, maybe in the next week or so. I'll install it and check it out. I never really got into it as much, so I'm keen to sort of see how far it's come or what's changed and if somebody can just jump in and just play as opposed to spending money and because you got to buy cards and shit right in that game like expansions and that sort of stuff yeah 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 Uh, and i wonder what that's like like just jumping in without any art stuff and whether or not it's playable uh yeah Uh, like i've got all this gold and uh I, i don't know what to do with it because I feel yeah. like the season's about to end, so I don't know. Like, it feels like it'd be a waste and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. All right, hmm. cool. Anything else to add? No. All right, let's move on to Persona Five Strikers, um, which is an action uh, hack and slash JRPG. Right. Um, it is a like a sequel slash spinoff to Persona 5. Um, it's set like five, six months after the events of Persona 5. Um, but the actual gameplay is very much uh, different, whereas uh, Persona 5 was uh, like an action turn-based JRPG, um, or sorry, turn-based RPG. Um this is a hack and slash game, sort of like a Dynasty Warriors meets Persona um, game. Or, or what was the other one? Hyrule Warriors, I think, was oh, yeah. sort of like a Dynasty Warriors thing. I never, I've never played any 
of <laughs> of those games. So they're just um, uh, genres or, or games that I've seen thrown around uh, that fit in this type of um, in, in this world. Uh, but basically, yeah, it, it's a completely different combat style compared to the last game. But in saying that, it uses like the the presentation is persona 5 like it's everything about it is is there all the music is spot on um the art style and the little things they do in between cutscenes and fight scenes like there's just always uh like crazy shit happening on the screen and that is something that they've taken from persona 5 and like put into um into strikers and so it feels like um it feels like a sequel almost uh all the new like all the characters are there that or in the original game, um, you know, they're all playable, they're all interacting with each other. I guess it's a little bit smaller in terms of scope because uh, in Persona 5, you're sort of venturing out as a, a high school kid and um, going through your day, going to school and learning and, and then going into dungeons and uh, sort of like this turn-based Pokemon-style game where you're collecting um masks and different personas and then leveling them up uh and then using them as like summons and that sort of thing and then like all the stuff outside the school meeting new characters and then and and then bringing them into your team and so this game is a bit more like it's a, a little bit more smaller it's sort of drilled down into um investigations and then uh, dungeons um, and for the most part, like Persona is is about meeting these interesting or, or characters that seem like they're bad that are affecting the real world, going into this alternate sort of dimension, um, and then like cleansing their their like uh, what is causing them to be bad and reverse uh reverse what they've been doing and it's all about like going for their heart and changing that heart uh and and persona 5 strikers is a little bit like that where you're going after their uh their desires and so the these characters in the real world for instance the first person you come up against is uh like this um like teenage model slash entertainer um who is basically somehow causing other people to like um, go crazy for her and spend all this money um, buying her stuff and just it's just like out of character for all these people like they'll just meet her and like one dude on a tv show like proposes to her on the spot um, while being engaged and shit like that and so like there's just all this crazy wacky stuff that happens in the game um, where you're you're tasked to try and figure out like all right who is doing this and how do we go and cleanse them uh, and so this is uh, Persona 5 Strikers sort of dives into that side of it a little bit more. Um, and so you do the, you do like the investigations, you sort of figure out who it is that's behind it. And that usually takes quite a lot of time to do. Um, and then you go into like the dungeons, the the alternate worlds that you can go in and you're running around uh, triggering battles. There's almost like a stealth sort of sequence where you're um, navigating this area and each... Um, which is kind of similar to Persona 5 where like each battle that you sort of get into you can sneak up and ambush enemies and if you do that then you sort of get like a bonus you, you are able to attack them um, quicker but if they spot you then they'll get the jump on you and they they attack you first it's sort of like deciding who 
whose turn is it to go first? Um, and when you initiate a combat on this enemy, it starts off and goes into like a bigger battle where all these uh, smaller enemies spawn in and you've got to battle them all at once in this um, action-based four-party member combat um, where each person in your team has different tools to sort of deal with what's coming towards them and what they're up against. So um, Joker, for instance, has uh, like knives or swords and he's able to stab people and that sort of thing, whereas uh, Anne, Anne is, has like a whip um, and that sort of stuff. So you can sort of, um, I guess, approach combat differently depending on which characters that you take in there. Uh, and then you're casting sort of like spells. Um, there are element, elemental effects, fire, wind, water, frozen abilities, sleep, poison, like the list goes on and on and on. There's tons and tons of that sort of stuff in there. And each one is sort of um, related to the personas that you take into the battles with you because you're using uh, stamina points to cast this these spells um, like a normal turn-based game. But rather than... Um, Rather than like sitting there and being like, well, what, what do I want to use now? It's all in real time. Um, and you're doing it on the fly. And so as the game progresses more and more, you start unlocking extra combat abilities because it's basically like a, like I said, it's a hack and slash. You press an X, you press an Y, heavy attack, light attack, and that's your combos. Like that's what you've got. Um, and then you start unlocking these master arts and they start introducing combo abilities uh, that allows you to do a lot more damage. But at the same time, they then tie into your persona attacks as well. And so you can start casting some of these spells that you've got without it costing you stamina points. Um, and so that really allows you to start changing up your attack patterns or the fly depending on what you're going up against so if you get into a battle and there is something with a lot of health that is weak to fire damage but you've only got like a uh something that's doing a persona that's doing water damage then you can quickly press a button switch across to something one of your other personas that has fire damage and then start belting out these combos and then that allows you to do a crap load of damage um without actually costing you stamina points and so there's on its surface the combat seems pretty shallow like there's not a lot to it but then you start unlocking these extra things that the game has and it gets quite quite deep almost like um reminds me a little bit of like kingdom hearts i guess but i think i think kingdom hearts the combat wasn't as deep it's kind of just you button pressing and it's just doing like shit exploding on the screen um, whereas this scene, there's a lot, a lot more strategy here and um, like remembering combos and that sort of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, the combat, it's, it's pretty deep. I don't like it as much as what I like the the turn-based combat from Persona 5. Um, right. It's just not my style. I think that um, the, I, the like tutorial system explaining how all of these systems work is very poorly introduced to you it's sort of just like a text screen that'll pop up and be like here's four screens of text and remember how to do all this stuff and then later on 
you just don't remember because <laughs> it's just so it's like an information dump it just chucks it all at you at once and it's like here you go this is how you do this this is how you do this this is how you do this and you're like all right fair enough okay um and so i've found and i feel like this is a recurring theme from stuff that i've read that the combat is um a bit tricky to get around i i turn the difficulty down um which seems to be recommendation that like i was reading on reset era the other day um a lot of people saying yeah just turn the difficulty down because it does such a bad job of explaining a lot of these systems um and here's a good video to watch because this guy goes really in depth for 20 minutes on advanced combat tips and all that sort of stuff and i'm like yeah that's exactly that's literally a video i watched the other day when i was like <laughs> like what am i missing in this combat um that allows you to really get a grasp of what is going on because like i said it seems pretty basic of the like you press x and you press y and that's kind of what i was doing and switching personas and and like getting into the end of a battle and then running out of stamina points between all my party members and this thing i'm fighting has 50 percent health left and i'm like i don't know what the fuck can do anymore like what am i supposed to do this thing is belting me uh, and then realizing like oh no you can you can cast your abilities by using certain combos and i'm like i missed all of this stuff like i don't know where it was but anyway is um, this stuff in all the all these warriors style games or i'm not sure because i haven't played it i don't know but right because like people fucking lose their shit about these dynasty warriors they're like oh my god they're so good i fucking love them like i played dynasty warriors one and then i played dynasty warriors seven and i could not tell the difference they appeared to be the exact same games, and they're like, "Oh no, there's so, there's so much going on. You're you should you'd love these games, Job." And mm. I'm like, "How? How would I love them? Why wouldn't I just go play the first one? They're exactly the same." And yeah, maybe there's some hidden complexity that that I've been missing all this time. Maybe I need whatever this right. video is to explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing that was sort of missing to me was that link between doing combos and then having it tied back to persona abilities and then being able to like rearrange because each persona has um i don't know like there's there's tons of abilities they've got and you can rearrange them and like there's this whole breeding system that's sort of in the game where you can splice together two personas to make a more powerful one and then you can take across some of their existing abilities to the new one and there's all this wacky shit in there that you can then bring back into the normal combat and then allow you to do that free so like there's there's stuff in there that you can do where um for instance there's a healer right and so rather than you just being like i'm gonna use my healing ability you map the button for healing onto the combo and you just press fucking x five times and y and then he'll do a heal and heal your whole party and you can just like whenever you need a heal you switch over to that character and you're like fucking bing bang i'm healed bang boom uh stuff like that and and there's a lot of um cool interactions between like uh switching between different party members and your team at certain times and doing uh like combo attacks with them uh you're building up different meters that allows you to do stronger attacks like there's definitely a lot of depth there it just doesn't do a great job of explaining how to do all this it chucks at you very quickly uh and doesn't really give you a chance to sort of learn these systems which persona 5 does a fantastic job i really i really like persona 5 a lot um whereas this game feels a bit too like uh rushed i guess 
Um, like a perfect example of that is just like the the party member system. You take in four four party members into a fight, but from the get go, you have everybody unlocked from the original Persona Five game uh, from the start. It's like uh, I don't know, twelve people, something like that. Um, and there's like one new character that they introduce into this game, and I don't I think she's I think she's playable. Um, I'm not used to her, but like that's an example of like what like why are all these party members here like it's not like they're slowly giving them to you like in a normal jrpg or like persona 5 where it's you with it where it's joker and riju riju right raju i can't remember his fucking name i think it's r r y u j or something i can't yeah it's i'm blanking um i think it's riju Uh, riju riju I can't remember. Uh, anyway, but it's like they introduce you with one character, then you get another character, and then it's like your, your party slowly grows, and then you can start switching out between between on like who you want to take with you and who their strengths are, and like you pick your tank and you pick your damage dealer and you pick your 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 support characters, um, and they obviously have roles in this game as well, but they just dish dish it all to you all at once. They're like fucking figure it out. So for somebody that's not played Persona Five, um or at least all the way through, you may not know who a lot of these characters are, or if you haven't played at all, you, you you don't know like what they do. You don't know who your healers are. You don't know who your tanks are. And so it's just like, good luck. Have fun with it. And so I found myself just using the same four characters uh, from the start because I'm like, it, it again, it doesn't really do a good job of explaining like why should I be switching to these other characters because they're they're leveling up, but they're leveling up a lot slower. They're not... Like, why would I want to take the weak characters in with me when they're four levels behind? Just stuff like that. Um, that I think that it just doesn't doesn't do a great job of any of that sort of thing. Um, what else is there? Um, the checkpoint system is really strange to me. Um, so again, it's a... I've complained about this so many times. Fucking Japanese games where they give you checkpoints. They're like, you can only save at this specific, specific spot. And that is it. Mm. You can't save anywhere else because that's bad. And sometimes you mm. go fucking half an hour in this game with like, I need to save the game and you won't let me save the game. Like, why won't you just let me save the game, please? Uh, and so if you do want to do that, you kind of just skip the dialogue because there's a lot of fucking dialogue in these games. Um, yeah. Anyway, so you can only save the game at certain situations when you're running around either checkpoint systems or uh, locations within the real world. Uh, and when you're in a dungeon, the way that you regain SP uh, stamina points or health points uh, is by getting to a checkpoint system, leaving the dungeon, um, which takes you back to the real world and then going from the real world back into the dungeon and then starting a like, just running around again. That is how you get back your health and stamina points um, without spending items, without using your items. It's almost like a, think of it as a bonfire in Dark Souls. Yep. But rather than it, rather than you running up and pressing X and it going, all right, we're going to respawn all the enemies. and want to give you all your health back and all that sort of shit. Rather than it doing that, it takes you back to the main menu. It's But then you've got to wait another minute and then you press continue and then you got to wait another minute for it to load and then you start going again 
And the game specifically tells you like, hey, there is no negative side effects to using the checkpoint system. You should do it every time. Like yep. you should go back to the real world and then it's like, why don't you just let me just do the Dark Souls thing? Just let me press X fucking and then yeah. give me my health back as opposed yeah. to me may- waiting two minutes, like leaving and then coming back and like all this bullshit in between. And oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's going to, it's like, mm, it's going to make me look like a real impatient baby when I complain about my biggest gripes with Curse of the Dead Gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but just stuff like that where the game is being like, hey, yeah, like this is how you do a mechanic. You should leave the dungeon. And there's no there's no reason why you shouldn't. You should it recommends you you should leave and then come back. But it takes so fucking long. I'm just like, oh just let me t- like I'll get to a checkpoint. I'm like, should I leave? I've got like I'm halfway through my stamina points, or should I just press on and maybe I'll get to the next checkpoint and then I'll leave and then come back? And uh, it's just poorly thought out, I think. I would love to see a patch where they're just like, if you get to a checkpoint, we'll just fucking heal you if you press a button on it. Uh, like, yeah. all you need to do is press X, it'll heal you, give you stamina back, and you can just keep fucking running. It doesn't do like the wiggly thing, like, we're leaving the real, the, the dungeon and then we're going back to the real world. And you get back to the real world and you're like, all right, we're going back to the dungeon. Uh, oh. Um, yeah, just a bunch of things in the game that I think could be a lot tighter. Because, uh, it, like, it's awesome being back in this world with these characters. And, like, the the music is so fucking good. And the presentation is so good. And that's what Persona does really well. Um, that that I think it's sort of missing out. And, and um, like, that sort of fine-tuned polish that Persona 5 had. Because I really enjoyed that that game quite a lot, and this one is, it, it's still good. Um, it's just got a lot of problems that I see in there that I'm like, it, it does feel like a spin-off game. Like it doesn't feel like a sequel by the same team. It feels more like a uh, like a something to the side, like the spin-offy thing where it's like, oh, we just we tried to do something else that's a little bit different. So I think people that liked Persona Five will still enjoy. They'll, they'll get a kick out of it. Um, but it seems like it needs another patch or so uh, to sort of fix up some of the combat issues. Because um, one of the biggest complaints I've seen about the combat is like the difficulty spike. The The difference between easy and normal is just... Easy seems too easy and normal is just like um, maybe too hard. And that could be another sort of connection between the way the game is doing the tutorial stuff that a lot of players aren't getting the complete picture of how you should be doing the uh the combat because if you're doing it the way that i was doing it and it looks like a lot of people were doing it they're really going to struggle when you get to those boss fights because you won't be able to beat them they're just i mean you'll beat them by chipping away health but you'll get halfway through that fight and just be completely out of the resources that you need to to attack it with uh, so anyway, uh, like I guess the thing that this game does really well is that it it makes me want to go back and keep playing Persona Five because right, <laughs> like and that's probably like maybe not a good sign. Like, would I rather spend my time playing Persona Five or would I rather spend my time playing Persona Five Strikers? And at this stage, I feel like I would go back and play uh, Persona Five more than what I've done here, and, and like that could be a real thing that happens at some stage yeah Jump right back well, in and, and get in there that's the uh, yeah 
That's the Warriors thing, right? Like, I guess it probably happened with uh, Hyrule Warriors as well. You know, people were like, oh, would I rather continue to play a Hyrule Warriors or would I prefer to go play Breath of the Wild again? And I'm sure mm. people who love Warriors games probably kept playing Hyrule Warriors and people who were in it for Zelda probably went back and played more Breath of the Wild. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that they've got another... T- I mean, like, I'm hoping they've got multiple teams and they're working on different games because obviously they did Persona 5 Royale, Royal, um, like a year or two ago, which was the same game, but like an extra character at the end. They like threw on almost like a mini expansion or some DLC. Yeah. Uh, and now they've got this game, Persona 5 Strikers. And I'm hoping that they've got another team working on something else because persona 5's a five-year-old game at this stage um and it still absolutely holds up really well yeah so like i would i just hope they've got something else cooking because uh, i think that that team does a pretty good job with those types of games like i persona 5 with the persona series never never played it back in the day and like absolutely fell in love with persona 5 i thought it was awesome uh turn-based combat action game jrpg anyway exactly yeah absolutely uh so i don't know man like persona 5 strikers i feel like i could recommend it to fans of the series uh, because i think it's out today or yesterday i think it came out um but uh just be cautious like i just don't think it's anywhere near as good as uh, those other games and the combat is obviously wildly different uh, while still using like a lot of the same art assets that so you run into the same sort of characters and villains and enemies and like all the HUD uh, icons are very similar when you look at certain things. But um, like I haven't seen anything new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. all stuff, refreshed stuff that have or reused assets and things like that. So uh, anyway, that's uh, Persona 5 Strike is out now on pretty much like everything. I'm playing on PC. Nice. Runs great on PC. Cool. Okay, should we keep moving on here? We got Rainbow Six Siege. You've been playing a bunch of this or a little bit of it? Uh, yeah, fair chunk of it. Uh played some Crimson Heist, which is year six, season one of Rainbow Six Siege. And uh, yeah, got, got to have a good run at this the other day, which was good fun. Um Yeah, I don't, I don't know where to start. I mean, it's... So, I mean, first of all, Rainbow Six has made it to year six, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, I think that's fucking amazing. The little the little fucking tactical shooter that could. Um, sure. And they, they gave us a look at the entire roadmap for, like, the, you know, the year and let us see everywhere they're going to go, the... Crimson Heist kicks off uh, with an Argentinian operator and a remake of Border. Uh, I haven't, like, I didn't think it was that significant a redo, to be honest. Um, there are some there are some significant changes, but, like, compared to House or Canal, Canal, uh, I didn't find it to be that grand. It just, it was, they've, they've redone a couple of uh like areas in ways that i think make a fucking ton of sense and yeah like otherwise it's you know it's not like 
you know, Kanal, they basically redid the entire outside because um, mm-hmm. they had to get rid of so many fucking windows or house, you know, the downstairs area has been completely redone and stuff like that. Like that's not this kind of, it's not the same kind of change. Um, season two, they will be going to, uh, uh, I can't remember what they're called. Um, the, like the indigenous, the first people nation, uh, in Canada, but I can't remember their name. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Nakoda, the Nakoda nation, uh, from Canada and the rework favela, uh, season three has an operator from Croatia. And it'll be a bunch of small tweaks, which border mm-hmm. almost feels like it's just barely bigger than a small tweak. And season four uh, will have the first Irish operator, and they're gonna like break down and redo Outback, um, which I find to be very interesting because I thought Outback yeah. not only was very well done in the first place, but it's also it was like a, a fantastic. Uh, like you, I, I often point to it as an indicator of the uh, design style uh, evolution of Rainbow Six Siege. Like it sort of demonstrated how design level design in Rainbow Six Siege had evolved over the years up until year four, um, mm-hmm. and it you could see its influence, the influence that that philosophy has in every change that they made after Outback. Um, to to existing maps, so it's interesting to that they're going to go back and redo Outback. But I guess there are a couple of areas that could probably do some work. Like there's that that area, you no, know, the uh, the restaurant, the shark room. Um, yep, that's sort of just dead air, right? Like that's just a bit of wasted space, really. Um, yeah. there's not really a lot of cover there either. It's sort of just yeah, exactly an open an open area especially because you can peer over the edge as well towards the bottom staircase yeah if i recall yeah yeah exactly like there's yeah it it just winds up um being a bit of a like you know no man's land basically Mm. so there's definitely some things they could do for outback uh i just i'm just surprised anyway yeah meanwhile bank is there just still fucking chugging along yachts (laughs) <laughs> bank bank I, yachts yachts no i i was surprised didn't they right? remove yacht bank is still there in competitive no, it's, it's still in competitive no 100 um but like i was surprised because favela is getting a redo and they specifically pointed that this was going to be a casual remake uh okay. rework so it's not going to make it so that it can like it's like house right but yeah with the Nakoda nation being uh, from Canada, right? Why wouldn't they redo Yacht? Because that was part of Black Ice, which was the Canadian operators, and it's technically the Canadian location. Hmm. So, uh, you know, it seems, I don't know, that one makes sense to me. But Favela, Favela obviously needs, needs work, but maybe I think my theory is. They can't remake Yacht. They like every time they're like, okay, that's it. This year we're gonna remake Yacht. 
And they go into a big meeting room and they have like everyone at Ubisoft Montreal. They like call people off other projects. They're like, no, stop making Assassin's Creed 84. Come and fucking help us redo yachts and they go in there and like they buy pizzas and red bulls and fucking coffees and get order chinese takeaway and they're like we're not re- leaving this room until we've got a plan for yachts and then six days later like a cleaner comes in and opens the door and it, it's like fucking lord of the flies <laughs> in there and they got this big whiteboard it says yachts and there's nothing underneath it uh and there's just like blood splattered everywhere and there's like these these factions and some people are like no we're gonna get rid of all the fucking useless floors that you can't shoot through and they're like, there's this <laughs> other group and they're like if you do that i will fucking kill you that is the heart of yachts that's what makes yeah. yacht yacht and yeah it's they can't get anything done with it yeah that's why michelle ansel left he was like i'm done I can't do this anymore. I'm finished with shit. I cannot do another year of the yacht meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, still no yacht. Anyway, uh, back to Crimson Heist. So, yeah, Argentinian operator. I found this to be a little bit odd. Um, Flores is his name. And uh, he is a thief. Yeah. That's his backstory. He's a thief. But Rainbow Six is made up of cops and military personnel, so I found this to be a bit odd. I mean, he uh, changed... I mean, fucking the Fast and Furious has, like, Jason Statham. He's, like, trying to kill everyone at one stage, and now he's part of the team. Like, just fucking go with it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just go with it. Okay. Well, I... Yeah. I uh, sort of explained it to myself explained it away uh by like oh yeah okay so it's um i guess he only he no he only robs like cartels Uh, he's yeah he's like robin hood yeah except not the robin hood everyone hates um and yeah that's that's what i think it is uh that's how they've explained it but he's he's got the um he's got thatcher's AR-33 mm-hmm. uh, or Blackbeard's SR-25 um, and he has a device called the RCA, RCE Rotero uh, which is a drone that can explode. So it can attach to walls and explode. It sort of uh, locks in. like you When you trigger it, the next surface that it touches, it will attach to and then it will explode. And uh, I think I think it's a pretty big deal, to be honest, uh, as as far as weapons go, uh, as far as utility goes, mm. uh, because it gives you like it gives you drone style vision, right? Like normal, um, but uh, yeah, the extra utility of being able to explode this shit, he gets fucking four of them, which means he's got effectively six fucking drones which is bananas. The drawback on them is that they only last for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will automatically, like wherever the fuck they are, they'll just explode if 10 seconds passes. That's it. Like they call it quits. Uh, that's the drawback. And the other thing is they can't go backwards. They're, they've only they've only got one fucking speed and that is full speed ahead. Um, so... If you like park them in a wall and you can't get them out, then that's where they're going to stay. Um, 
but apart from that, yeah, like they're they're a pretty big deal. Um, they've you can shoot them, but once they've engaged their explosive uh, like phase, they're armored and they cannot be destroyed. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's a that's a big one, right? Like because I mean, six drones in general is huge. There's the threat, you know. Uh, I don't think I don't think he's going to be that big. Like I mean, if he remains, if he keeps all four, I think he'll get a lot of play in the pro league just because um, six drones is fucking huge. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, pro league players don't have a lot of problems shooting drones, but. Uh, Regular games, people miss drones all the time, and uh, if you realise that it might explode on you, there's there's that panic as well. So yeah, that might ruin hmm. people's aim a little bit. Does it do a lot of always. damage? Uh, yeah, uh, Seamus from uh, Biteside, he was playing, and uh, I think he took about, f- I think he had forty five health, and he died uh, to one of them. So right, uh, I think it must be about fifty damage. Uh, you can't take out like a reinforced wall, but it can take out basically anything else, uh, which is fantastic. And yeah, you can use it for like, I mean, it gets zapped by electricity. Uh, Mozzie, if Mozzie shoots it with his pest, it just kills it, which would be a waste of a pest. Uh, you can't take it over though, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's about it. Um, oh, yeah, it gets mute jammed and then explodes wherever it is. Uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting, uh, like, to, like setup, right? I just think four is too many. I think they should lower it to three and it'd be a little bit more balanced because uh, mm. three is a lot. Two would be too few, I think. Uh, three is still a lot. Three is still five total drones. 30 seconds total of extra drone power plus three explosives that are quite vulnerable but still quite destructive. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's an interesting character. Like, yeah, I think I think he'll get quite a bit of play, uh, quite a bit more if they live it at four, but he's still worth checking out. The other thing they did is uh, they, they, there's a load of other changes coming. Um across year six but uh even in season one there's there's stuff happening first of all they're getting rid of the season pass so they no longer buy the season pass at the start of the year or the annual pass i can't work out what the fuck it's called whatever it's called the annual pass mm-hmm. you no longer buy it at the start of the year um now if you want the the new operators immediately when they get re- launched you yeah uh you buy the battle pass and it, they are on the first tier of the purchased battle pass, uh, right. which I think like people aren't happy. People were reacting negatively to this, but I think it's a good idea. Uh, it's got some drawbacks, one hundred percent. There's definitely some negative elements to it, but generally, uh, like eliminating two different purchase uh, systems is absolutely a good thing. Um, and uh, encouraging people to actually get the bought battle pass is obviously a better idea than 
you know, the battle pass that they had. Now there's actually a mm-hmm. reason to get the battle pass as opposed to before. If you didn't care about cosmetics, there's absolutely zero reason to get it. Um, so that I think that's good. The, the drawback is that uh, it was very grindy. If they don't adjust how grindy the battle pass is, then you're going to wind up with a situation, right? People were alleviating that grind using the uh, season pass because you got... Uh, you earned faster if you had the season pass. You earn battle pass points faster. Uh, now, if that's not the case, uh, yeah, they already found it grindy even with the discount that the season pass uh, offered. If that's not the case, people are going to bounce right off this fucking battle pass and it's going to be really bad uh, publicity for their new system as well. So they need to adjust that immediately. And the other bad thing is if you happen to only check in to Rainbow Six every six months uh, and you miss a, a Battle Pass season, then the only way to buy that op- those operators is with your Rainbow Six points, which isn't a problem for people like us who have been playing for six years and haven't spent our fucking points on anything for six years. But it is a problem for people who regularly spend their points or people who only just started or anything like that because they will be stuck only being able to buy those operators. It used to be that, you know, you if you oh if you want it at all, you just buy the fucking battle pass uh, the annual pass or the season pass and you get it all. That I that that isn't the case anymore and I haven't seen them say that they'd have some workaround for it. So that's tricky. That's that's not a good thing. But uh the other thing they announced in their, you know, roadmap for year six is that everything that they're doing this year is they're, they're going for like agility. They want to be really agile and able to uh, undo mistakes quickly and get feedback and implement changes based on feedback fast and stuff like that. So uh, I think if, uh, if the community finds a problem with something and they're respectful about it. Um, yeah, it seems like Ubisoft Montreal are more than happy to, to make the changes required. So hopefully they will make the adjustments, especially I think to the battle pass earn rate. I think that's probably the, the biggest problem with it. Um, what else? Straight off the bat from year six, season one, they're going to allow dead players to continue to play. Uh, that means attackers will be able to drive their drones if they're dead, um, like if the attackers are dead. And uh, on the defense, Maestro and Echo will be able to use their stuff even if they're dead. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty big deal in my opinion. I think it's a great move, but again, others don't agree. It's something that I've thought should happen for a while there is a tendency in uh in games for people who die to just sort of check out and then you will often see them afk their way through the entire pick phase all the way sometimes into until like seconds into the action phase in which that's obviously not a good thing um but if they're more engaged they actually you know you get in, you drop both your drones, you move them into locations where you can use them after you die, and then you go in. 
then you can still provide a significant amount of utility to your team um, while while you've died and you will be paying more attention until mm. the game kicks off again. And so you're actually able to do shooty stuff again, which I think is good. Obviously, uh, it will, like we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. We might wind up seeing, my guess is we might wind up seeing uh, them take a drone away from attackers, uh, go back to the one drone, which I think is how we started. That's my guess uh, mm. because, you you know, you've got that drone for so much longer now. Yeah. It's also a weird thing to have, uh, like, when a round starts, it'll be the norm to just throw your, both your drones out on the floor. Like, it's a weird yeah. thing to do. Like, do, what's the solution there? Do they... If you haven't used your drones, you automatically spawn back as a drone at the the spawn location. Like, what is the fix there? So that you're not at the start of the match just throwing drones on the floor. Like yeah. that. I wonder what how they address that situation. That's a that's a good point. Um it is something that I think you need to do because yeah, it's it'd just be a little bit goofy to have everyone stand there and spend the the first three seconds of every attack phase throwing drones out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. The other thing they're not introducing in season one, but they are introducing the attacker repick, which I 100% know for a fact is something I said should exist uh, since my like since our first preview of Rainbow Six Siege. Um, Again, people aren't happy to hear about this, but I think once they see it in action, they'll understand that it is a good thing. The idea is they want to make they want to get away from the defender bias that Rainbow Six Siege has. And I think what happens is people don't understand, like players don't understand just how lopsided the game is towards defenders, but mm-hmm. like it's absolutely biased in defender favor. Um Defenders get to like dictate way too much of how everything goes down, how every engagement goes down, and and uh, what happens once like information denial and stuff. They've got way too many tools in their arsenal. Um, so I think something has ha- had to happen. I don't think attacker repick is going to be that big a deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's it's going to give players the opportunity to maybe fix some things up if they see that like they get in there and the enemy team has put up all their fucking barricades mm. um then yeah maybe bring an extra hard breach but i don't think we're going to see like oh yeah well such and such oh oh yeah well they weren't going to bring a thatcher and now they are because he's the perfect counter to blah blah first of all though i think they've Muted Thatcher enough that he is not like if he still destroyed everything he Thatch grenade grenaded, then maybe you'd be upset about that. But you'd just bring Thatcher every game anyway. Mm. Now, yeah, if they've put really clever fucking mutes in place, then yeah, it's probably a smart idea to uh, to do something about it. But right. Uh, so how does that work exactly? How does a repick work? It'll be it'll be like uh, the way they showed it is like uh, when you choose your a different spawn location, you can press a different button and choose a different attacker. That's all. Hmm. You're not spawning the game yet. Uh, they're going to make it so Twitch 
only has a regular drone in the prep phase yeah. and she gets both her drones when she goes into the action phase and that's about it yeah so is that part of like are they removing the six pick stuff or like yeah so the, all of this uh is is deep into the into the year and they didn't have answers on what they do with six pick yet uh or if this would even make it into the competitive scene um so all that's still a bit up in the air um but yeah we'll have to wait and see i think it's Mm. i think it's interesting i think they should get rid of because it doesn't work in competitive repick doesn't work well yeah because you don't know who you're going up against anyway right what if the six pick is there you're like hiding the point of the six pick is to hide uh like one of your picks right like who you're getting and then I don't know. It just seems weird of having the having also a repick. It just seems oh, yeah, like too no, many that's weird, compu- get, confusing things. Get rid of the six pick. On. Yeah, you get rid of the six pick for sure. Mm. In my opinion, add repick, get rid of the six pick. I'd love to see. I'd love to see what pros did do with the fucking repick. I think it'd be fucking fascinating. Um, yeah. what else? I don't think there was anything else that was particularly out there. Playing it was good fun. Uh. Yeah, like just had had some fun games. Call of Duty does wild things to you fucking to the way you fucking move and stuff. I put up a video and my leaning is just so awful because you don't. I don't think in terms of leaning anymore, right? I'm so used to like fucking face face checking shit, but I know <laughs> I can lean, and so there's like this this lizard brain part of me that's like. Lean, Joe. Lean. You got to lean. And then there's this other part of me that is like, how do I lean? And every time you go into the, because we play on the test server, uh, the test server build. Every time you do that, every time you go into uh, the test server, they all your keybinds are rebound and stuff. Uh, they change like it, and all like all your keybinds rebound, all your operator loadouts are changed. Like everything's fucking changed every single time. So every time you do it, you got to go back in and rewind all this shit. And mm. uh, every time I do it, I always find there's one thing that I haven't rebound uh, correctly or something like that. And so I'll never know. Like I couldn't find my fucking ping button this time. Couldn't find out where the fuck it was. Which is annoying, but uh, it doesn't really matter. And you found the yeah. grenade button at least. <laughs> I found the fucking win button, baby. Uh, yeah, the, the the video I put up, we got the win. We definitely shouldn't have, but uh, I got it done. It was, uh, it was good. It was good fun. I uh, enjoy that stuff a lot. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Very keen to check it out when it hits live. Uh, I've got it installed. Seems like there's a lot of interest in like going back into the Rainbow Six Siege, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. I um I, I I don't think they're gonna hit their one hundred operators <laughs> like at this stage. I remember that being a big thing for yeah. um the team back then. They've obviously changed changed uh leadership over there in that, yeah. that team. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and the goal was always like we'll get one. Like the goal is to get one hundred operators in the game, yeah. um, and what what are that like around sixty at this point? And they're only doing yeah. sort of like one, 
every couple of months at this point, like this stage. Like they were definitely on track to get to 100 by doing two uh, every season, but yeah, that's doesn't seem like it's going to happen unless like we're talking about Rainbow Six in 10 years' time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. Anything else to add about Rainbow Six Siege? Uh, nope, I don't think so. Okay, uh, we can move on to the last game we've got here, Curse of the Dead Gods, which just released yesterday um, on PC, at least. I don't think it's on consoles, is it? I don't know anything about it. I don't think so. I don't know. No, it doesn't look like it. Uh, I mean, it's... it's a, I don't have a date for it, at least, on consoles or PC. Maybe it is. What's it say? Nintendo Switch. Uh, available now. All right. It's out on consoles as well. Anyway. Sure, shout out. It is an isometric um, roguelike game. Hack and slash action-y. Uh, you, you're playing as like this maybe Indiana Jones sort of type character uh, who yeah. enters a temple. Um, you work your way through it by using your melee attack and your secondary attack. Uh, you're collecting coins and uh, these like gems um, and your goal is to just rogue light it up and get to the end of your run, die, use your points and all your things that you've gotten to level yourself up and go in and try again. Um, I think it's got some really interesting mechanics in there. So the first one is that the character is sort of like his main weapon holds a torch uh, and you run around with a torch, uh, like a, a light. It's a, a stick with fucking, I don't know, it's on fire, basically, like a fire torch, not a flashlight torch. Um, anything that is inside of uh, your light radius, you're sort of able to see if there are traps on the ground and things that are hidden. Um, and anything outside of that is sort of shrouded in, in darkness. Uh, and there are things within the environment that you're able to set on fire um, that will illuminate the room and allow you to see your surroundings a bit better. Um, and so when you get into combat situations, if you are outside of a light radius, you take more damage from the things attacking you. Uh, and that means that it's not going to work as well for you in the long run because you're taking more damage. So the idea is to sort of stay in the light and make sure that you're... Um, you're not sort of going outside of that area because it's uh yeah it's not going to work out well anyway um I, I think that's an interesting mechanic and then you've got your your main your main attack uh which is usually like a fist weapon or a sword um or something like that and then a secondary weapon is generally like a ranged attack um a bow pistol um and then there's a third button which is like a two-handed uh attacking like a, a melee um, heavy weapon that sort of thing uh, and that that is something you can pick up as well so you've got sort of like three or four different attack styles you've got a dodge button uh, and a parry button and um yeah that's that's how the combat sort of works and then the other thing they've got is this curse um mechanic Corruption. and when yeah yeah when you get cursed you take uh, a chunk of uh, curse damage um sometimes specific em enemies can curse you uh, they'll have abilities that'll do it um sometimes there's things in the world that will cause you to do it like if you want to get health you'll get cursed uh you can pick up corruption. items sorry corrupt curse. Yeah. When, when you get 100 corruption you, you get, get cursed, cursed. Yep. yeah um 
and it's like a meter that fills up. And so uh, you can uh, you can get items within the world and spend gold in order to get better items, or you can sacrifice like your blood, which will fill up your corrup corruption meter higher. Um, and so this, I think that's a really interesting mechanic. And what happens there is once you reach a threshold, uh, you end up being cursed and you have a negative, I mean, it's usually a negative effect. Sometimes it's a positive effect, but for the most part, it's like a negative boon, right? Uh, and it'll be something, uh, for example, some of the ones that I've seen, um, you can't like, you can't use your torch anymore to light things on fire or like you'll just be in the dark constantly. But now you don't take as much damage in the dark like um there was you one that take, i got you don't take that that one is that is it the one where the torch shines a purple light is that one you're talking about yeah and you can't say you can't light the um you can't light anything on fire but you take Raises, less damage yeah. yeah so so you don't take less damage uh you don't take so the you don't take the dark you don't have the darkness penalty anymore yeah, and so you, you actually do 20% extra damage in the dark. Mm. Um, so that one's actually pretty huge. The And the torch still sh like lights up traps. Traps. Just, so you got to have the torch yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, there's one, there's another one that I got, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, in order for you to do certain moves like dodge or parry or uh, combo attacks with your, um, your weapons, it uses stamina point. And you've got, I think, five stamina points, five stamina points to sort of start off with on your character. Um, the one that I saw that I got, which was it removes a stamina point from you, but every time you kill something, you get two stamina points back. And so that sort of encourages you to uh, take fights. <laughs> like yeah. you may have one less, but every time that you start doing big combos and that sort of thing, uh, doing a lot of damage, you, you'll get that back a lot quicker, uh, which generally fills back up like over time uh, quite slowly uh, and it's a resource that you need quite a lot of because you want to be able to parry or, or dodge roll out of the way um, or hit something with a combo attack because uh, you'll be able to do more damage so um, I think that's all the buttons right dodge parry attacks pretty much I think uh, yeah dodge parry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you've got every time you go, it's it's sort of like a Slay the Spire inspired um, dungeon system. Every time you go through a new level, you take on, it's like 20 points of uh, corruption. And then you're able to pick where you want to go next. Like, do I want to go and get some gold or do I want to level up my weapon or do I want to go get a relic? Or do I want to level up my ability points or do I want to heal? And it's a Slay the Spire inspired sort of map. Uh, that at the end of the run, there is a, a, a big bad boss. Um, and each time you go to a different area in this dungeon, it sort of check marks off um, places that you no longer can get to. So it's a maze-like structure uh, that is based... Uh, like, I don't know what other games have done, but the one that I saw, I was like, yeah, that's, Slayer. that's out of Slayer Spire. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. similar. It's even, like, even down to, like, uh, you'll see, like one uh train one track yeah one path through the temple uh is like isolated from the rest and you can't like get to it at all and that's yeah you you see that a lot in Slay the Spire it's mm. quite similar yeah 
Yeah. Um, uh, and then, so in the dungeons, there's there's traps and different enemies you come up against. There's different types of um, uh, temples that you can sort of go into that have various bosses in there. Um, I think I feel like I've covered most of the mechanics um, without going deep into like, hey, there's different types of weapons that you can pick up and uh, different abilities that you can sort of get that makes each run um a bit more varied and like it's that basic roguelike sort of structure where you get more powerful and powerful as you keep going back in and collecting that sort of thing um the art style is really cool uh it's got a a really neat like lighting system where shadows are sort of like uh bouncing off the walls and and that sort of stuff like i think it looks pretty um i don't know like how how do you sort of finding it so far i've only beaten two bosses at this stage um but it seems like you're a little bit further yeah i've been four um the once you get through the like so it it sort of tears it where you you beat uh i think you have to beat two before you unlock the next lot yeah it's like gated Uh, yeah uh unlock the uh, sorry i beat the the bottom three then i went on to beat the second boss in the jaguar run mm-hmm. uh so there's three temples jaguar temple eagle temple and the snake temple and uh the jaguar temple i think is probably the easiest in my opinion uh i just found the the enemies in there the easiest to sort of get my head around um yeah uh and the traps in there all sort of make sense to me but uh yeah as, as you go through it um you get more and more of an idea of like how the t- specific temple that you're in dictates the sort of game that you're going to have, uh, yeah. which I think is good. Um, like I think it's a, it's a good system. <clears throat> yeah. I've beat the, the second Jacob boss. When you do that, you have to beat the first one again. So you have to like, you can't even get, to the second boss without right. f- facing the first one. So it's a continuous run. You've got to go yeah. beat the first boss and then go to the keep going through. Yeah. Um I enjoy it, but I do have some gripes. Uh mm-hmm. I don't like yeah, we we're talking I, I mentioned this earlier, but I don't like how much wasted time there is. It feels like a game where you should be able to like Okay, I died. Yeah, I know how I died. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go into the next one. But like very often it's, you know, you've got that drawn out animation when you go back to the main temple area where it's like, oh yeah, he's being, you know, reborn or whatever. I find that annoying. Um, The same goes for when he opens the fucking door or when he buys a new altar, like weapon altar or anything like that. There's a lot of fucking locked in animations that you just can't skip that I really wish didn't exist at Mm. all because it fucking ruins the pace of jumping in for another go. Like the amount of times, like it only came out yesterday and uh, I do a run and I'd be like, okay, I know what I did wrong. I'm going to go in again. And I'd be like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I'd I'd just be locked in waiting for some dumb fucking animation to finish. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Um, the other thing that ruined, like, spoils it in that situation is the fact that save and quit doesn't actually quit the game. It takes you back to the menu, which, why? What the fuck am I doing on the menu? Just fucking take me out of the fucking game. Uh, very Maybe you want to go read patch notes. 
Yeah, finally. Good. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of little annoyances. Uh, like, uh, there's no full screen windowed mode, um, which I don't like. Um, the, there's, like, bugger all um, options, really. I, I found that to be quite underwhelming. You have to fully exit the game to change your resolution. Um, I turned off the screen shake mechanic because it was throwing me off and... I literally beat the, like, I went through, I think I made it to, like, the fourth room, turned off the screen shape mechanic, and then I immediately beat the fucking boss on the next run. Uh, I haven't like, noticed it. I, I just find it so off-putting. Uh, it just, it shakes when, like, certain things happen. Uh, I think it's, like, parries, and or if you get yeah. hit. And it's very disruptive to the gameplay style because it's a game where like you have to pay very very close attention to what's going mm. on i find that it's not like there's clearly some kind of poise system in it right people say like people have compared it in the reviews and stuff to like dark souls and stuff and i actually like you know normally when people do that it's like yeah good one dickwads uh, you clearly never played Dark Souls, but it actually makes a bit of sense in this case. Uh, there is clearly a there's tells yeah yeah there's there's an attempt to to fold that style of combat in. There I do have a few issues with the implementation in the sense that I don't think uh, like I think you should be able to interrupt enemies, and you just can't. It just doesn't happen. Um, you can stun them, um, but you can't interrupt them. And I don't like that. Uh, so you wind up in these situations, especially, uh, which one I think must've been the temple of the snake, the temple of the snake, no temple of the eagle, temple of the eagle has these enemies that have fuck all wind up on their attacks. Um, they're very easy to kill but you'll wind up facing fucking tons of them. And if you don't have a weapon in hand that does area effect, if you've only got a single target weapon uh, or two single target weapons, you wind up in situation, you're basically fucked on that one because you can barely see their attacks. Um, like you can't, you can't really see the fucking wind up. And so you got to really, really pay yeah. like specific attention to the fucking eight fucking flying dickwads on your screen but at the same time you're also trying to do combat and it's very difficult to parry all these motherfuckers uh because there is like a gcd on when you can parry but there isn't they don't they don't attack on like on ticks if this makes sense, right? Like, sure. so you you have a GCD, you have a global cooldown on your parry. So you you can't just hammer parry and infinitely parry until you run out of stamina or whatever. But so when you parry, there is like a half second delay before you can actually successfully parry again. But in that 0.5 of a second, uh, enemies are able to attack. And so if you parry one enemy it is possible for another enemy to attack you in that same yeah. amount of t in that window before you're actually able to pull it off again which i do not like uh it, it is something that you like that, that happens in dark souls right but in dark souls you've got a lot more information in that you're 
you're closer to the action and you're able to see what's happening a lot more. Like, uh, obviously, you're tied yeah. to watching in one direction, so anything attacking you from behind is less less able to be seen. But nevertheless, like the broader point is that you have that vision, you have that information available to mm. you if you are playing in a way that like, makes sure that you're able to get that information. In this, because of the, the drawn back camera and because of the size of the enemies, it's very difficult to tell. And the amount. So you want, yeah, and the amount of them, yeah. You wind up in these situations where your best bet is to just fucking roll. Like you yeah. just, you roll from everything. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I think like that teaches bad habits because bosses, you need to parry. So you mm -hmm. should be like learning to parry a lot, mm -hmm. uh, but like because like rolling costs you stamina. Hitting a parry, a perfect parry, gives you stamina, and getting parry like parrying and like getting your parries off is one of the fucking best ways to get your stamina back in those fights where you don't have time to fucking stop attacking where you're constantly attacking you just hit a parry and you get some stamina back and you can continue to fucking build and you do back. more damage as well yeah exactly uh and you know half the time you'll you'll stun something and stuff like that like there's lots and lots of reasons you should be parrying and the game has a tendency to teach you to not parry which i think is a mistake uh it's not i like was doing that a lot. Where, what were you yeah me too i, I wasn't using you. parry at all i was no. rolling until my third run and i was like maybe i should learn to parry and then i beat two straight bosses i was like all right cool that's what yeah. i should be doing <laughs> right like that that is a mistake and kiting. on behalf of the game oh yeah yeah a lot, a lot of kiting um so yeah you wind up in a, a situation where yeah you're learning bad habits um and and it distracts from like in the what what the game does really well um mm -hmm. Another thing the game does poorly is uh, the grind, man. Holy fuck. Like, mm. first of all, uh, none of those blessings, even the ones that are locked, seem worth the the blue skulls that you get at the rate that you get them. Like, mm -hmm. you don't earn them fast enough to be pissing them away on fucking, uh, like, some fucking, I don't know. I think the only one that I thought was any, like, at all worthwhile was a thousand fucking gold the the thousand gold at the start one and the rest of them all seem like why would you spend money on this i don't understand or spend skulls on this because uh it's not like the blessings aren't the only thing that require gold you uh sorry uh require skulls the the tables the weapon tables also require skulls and upgrading them requires skulls and they require so fucking many 50 like I, I've been putting my skulls into the upgrade for that table because it's like yeah. you get a better um rarity, I guess, or a higher chance of rarity. So I was like, well, if I can take a better weapon in, yeah, I'll do that as opposed to spending it on like fucking like re being able to re-roll the weapon on the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like it's just it's just not like yeah, I I don't think the economy of the game is so necessarily not well done yeah because uh, yeah you just there's absolutely no reason why you should be buying some of these things right like it's just 
bananas to me. Fucking fire, yeah. fire illuminates farther, like further or some shit. And you're like, I give up. I fucking, you're talking before about the curses. I, in my, my second run, I played to get curses. Uh, like not, you know, I didn't want all the curses. I, I haven't, uh, I, I have it. gotten, I have gotten the fifth curse. Uh, and okay. do not get the fifth curse. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, like I, that one in particular, the one where you uh, can't light anything anymore. Mm. It's fucking phenomenal, man. That is a game winner. Twenty percent extra damage while you're in the dark, and what you can't fucking light things up anymore. Perfect. Please give it to me. As soon as I enter a room with boss, uh, with enemies, I put the fucking torch away, and that's it. Like, yeah, that their their mistake is thinking that they have the advantage in the dark, but nah, no fucking chance. Uh, I fucking rip them up. Uh, I've gotten like because uh, you get these boons and stuff along the way, these artifacts. Uh, I had like on the, on the run where I beat the second boss, I had. Um, like two artifacts that gave me bonuses for fighting in the dark. Uh, plus, like, uh, you know, a bunch of other damage uh, buffs and stuff like that. But if they mm. were in the dark, I was like two-shotting. Every every single enemy died in two shots. Most of them died in one shot. Like, I was just fucking ripping them up. Uh, yeah. That shit's out of control. Like... I love I love that the curses are a clear drawback, and yet at the same time there are some that you're like, oh yeah, I want that, I want that again. Please give me that curse. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and the the second boss also did this had this mechanic where he would like change between dark and light, and when he was in the light, I was that fight was going to take about 45 minutes. And then as soon as it went to dark, it took about four. I think like he just fucking, he just started melting. Hmm. Um, it's very, I, I didn't like it, but I came to love it. Uh, the timing, I still think it might be a little bit, the window for it might be a little bit off or something. I'm not sure, but the, the timing on comboing your weapons, there's definitely, again, uh, to go back to GCD talk, there's a global cooldown on when an input can be registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's not helpful because when you think about combos, generally you think about, uh, like, uh, you know, if you are to do a fatality in Mortal Kombat, the idea is to do a fucking combo. Input those buttons as fast as you fucking can. Uh, like, obviously, there's always a rhythm with that shit, but the rhythm is very quick. Uh, and if you do it too slow, if you were to, if you were to do it at the pace that uh, Curse of the Dead Gods allows inputs, you would fail your fatalities every fucking time. Uh, it's too slow, in my opinion. And I find that kind of annoying um still i love like once you get used to it once you get the timing down 
you wind up in these situations where you are just like belting and uh it feels really cool to know how to like best put those combos together um you know you roll in and you're like okay this guy i'm gonna hit with a primary weapon combo uh there's lots of those flying fucks around so i'm gonna have to um like pop my secondary because my secondary is a whip and it does this big circle attack and that's gonna be perfect for knocking back these these dudes with their really short uh, almost invisible wind-up attack um like that's gonna be perfect i have not i've like i've i get heavy weapons like i acquire them hmm. and i i wander around with them and i have used them about three times i don't know i never fucking use them i don't hmm. really understand how they fold into the gameplay and the fact that i've beaten the like the second tier boss and not use them at all like concerns me because either i'm going to have to learn how to use them yeah uh, and it's going to be like super late in the piece for me to be learning that shit or they're completely inconsequential in which case what's the point so the game um you're spending these uh, i don't even know what they are but you're spending these fucking rubies on unlocking different weapons in the game right um and and that's what you sort of pick up on the table uh, as you go through your run but the one that i've seen the most in the heavy weapon department is um this two-handed mallet that or giant hammer that has it does lightning damage um and anything that you set on lightning i guess because they 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 catch yeah anything that's electrified um took like 20 percent extra damage or something for six seconds and so i what i would do is um i would if it was a bigger boss that would take a bit of damage you hit them with the mallet they're electrified and then you hit them with your normal attacks and i saw that weapon i think twice out of like the four runs that i've done so far um the other thing that i noticed is there are hidden areas in the game that you can can use your heavy attack with um so i don't know what else that is sort of there but there's definitely places to use that heavy weapon uh it's not always a hammer i did get a bow during one of my runs that was um on the b uh i don't know whatever the button is it's b that i'm using so yeah uh, yeah yeah Yeah. uh i think they're just two-handed weapons so it was a bow uh i don't know i'm i'd rather the mallet the giant hammer with the lightning damage so Maybe it'll come into it later on once you start unlocking that as a thing to use because you can you can then combo those elemental effects and sometimes you get the boons that are like, hey, if you've got something that's doing uh, poison damage, then you do extra 30% poison damage if you're doing that. And so being able to chain that sort of thing, like hitting someone with the, the electric attack and then smashing them with poison as well, like they'll just take so much damage. Um, yeah. But it's about finding it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, like the you buy the weapons as well with the green rings, and I st- I don't understand that system. It's at all. it's weird. It's sort of like you look at a game, uh, like what else has done that? Um, Dead Cells sort of, is what I thought it was supposed to be like, but I don't. I mean, understand. I'm thinking of Dead Cells, but at the same time, 
Dead Souls is more like you you found the weapon out in the world as like a blueprint, and then yeah. like you buy it and then yeah. you bring it back. Whereas here it's just like you just unlock it, <laughs> like you just buy it you off the unlock bat, it or you it unlock it so it could appear right? on the table. But it's the it's it's the thing is they present it really badly. It's like here's four pages yeah. of weapons. Pick pick what you want, and you're like, well, I don't know what any of this shit does. Like, uh, yeah. I literally just started the game. Like, what am I getting here? Um, so I think that is done a bit strangely. Like, if there was some way for you to get the weapon first to test it, and then it sort of unlocked it, and I don't know. It's uh, otherwise you're just chucking money into random stuff to unlock. It's, that's what I'm doing. I'm going on order at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like I just started which, at one, We're working my way through, which isn't good, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. If I know it just left early access, so technically, like theoretically, it will not get any of what I'm about to say, but if they were to get rid of those fucking annoying animations that are bu- bugging the shit out of me, uh, and uh, if they were to make it a little bit clearer uh, when certain enemies were going to attack, I could see myself playing a fucking ton of this. But... Uh, as it stands right now, as it is existing in its current state, uh, I am annoyed that I've played 3.7 hours of it because it means I can't Steam refund it. I, uh, yeah, I would probably Steam refund this. Really? In its current, in its current state, yeah. I just, I'm just not, I'm not loving it. Uh, I'm at 112 minutes. It's just making me think... <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I finished the second boss. I'm like, all right. So that's that's it. That's what I do then, right? Like, I beat the first bo- uh, the second boss on my first fucking, like, the first time I got to it. Hmm. Um, like, the second tier boss. I mean, this the second Jaguar Temple boss. Like, yeah, it just, it at, at the same time feels too easy and also too obtuse like it's difficult to work out why i'm doing what i'm doing or what's going on and yet the doing of it is mechanically simple if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. that annoys me uh so i'm just like yeah i don't know man I'm, i'm just not loving it and yeah, I, I like I. I just I feel like it needs a bit more work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Like I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, but I don't like to compare the two games. But obviously, Hades is, uh, yeah. Like the benchmark, right, of, of these style types of games, and it's sort of just unfortunate that they've come out a couple of months too late. <laughs> um. Yeah, because everybody seems to be comparing it to to, to that game, and th- the minute that happens, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough job to live up to a game like that. Because like, I think it does some interesting stuff, some interesting mechanics. Um, I just don't know if it's as sharp, as uh, responsive, as the combat that we've seen in Hades. Um, but yeah, I still think it does some neat things. I think I think combat wise, it's it's more it's far closer to dead cells than hades uh yeah 
so in that regard, like that might be why I'm having an easier time with it. Um, cause yeah, I, it, I sort of get it a bit more, but yeah, I cannot stop mentally comparing it to Hades and Hades gave you a reason to go again. You know, Hades gave you a, a reason to, to go through the run, uh, each time. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm getting that reason out of Curse of the Dead Gods. There's what little story there is uh, doesn't really get delivered via successful runs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up quickly is, have you tried any of the events that they have running? Um, they see, They seem to be like daily quests or daily missions that you can run once have you tried any of them yeah i did one yesterday i got to the final boss and i got blapped uh it was an interesting one you run from your nightmares um and it basically gives you a curse from the get-go uh it's the curse of hallucinations where basically you don't have a hud and it's always this uh film grainy black and white style play Mm. and uh yeah, you, you don't know your health. You don't know how much corruption you've got. You don't know any of these things, and you don't get to pick your path. And uh, I thought that was a that was actually pretty good fun. That was a interesting way to play the game. That um, is the but, one that I did. I wonder if these are global events. Yeah, I think they might be. Did you win? I did. Yeah. Ah, oh, I died on the the boss. It was the Jaguar one too. Um, I have no idea how close I got him, but he had to be on a bee's dick. And uh, I just, I whiffed a roll. I like rolled millimeters yeah. too short <laughs> and didn't make it out. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I found he's pretty easy to, like once I got to him the second time, I was like, oh, okay, just kill his ads. That's all you need kill to do because he can't, they can't do anything. They die, right? Like they... They you kill them before they stay vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For so long. Um, yeah. That's actually how he got me was I was killing one of his ads. And for the f- like first time, he had his attack lined up, like mm. basically straight away. Uh, and so I rolled away. And it's got like a range. And maybe the range on the attack... I never thought about this. Maybe the range on the attack is the entire fucking distance, but it looked to me like it stopped before the wall. Uh, maybe it's that's just like a quirk of the like the the visuals. But yeah, it looked like it stopped, and I thought I was out of range, but he got me with it anyway, and I died. Like he must have been fucking done. He must have been basically dead. So gutted. Yeah. Oh. Ah, well. All right. Um, All right. So that's called uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. It's out of early access now. So it's 1.0. It's on Steam at this stage and also consoles. On Steam, it's on sale. Uh, 10% off. So if that sounds like something you're in for, uh, check it out. It's $20 US. Um, and it's out on, I guess, digital on consoles. I don't know how it plays there, but I'm using controller. I think that's the, probably the preferred I way to play it. Use controller. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I'm, I'll keep playing through. I'm having fun with it. It seems like, yeah. um, like the runs, the, like, it, I think I'm doing runs in like 10 minutes 
getting to a yep. boss and finishing at this stage. So they're pretty quick uh, yep. to get through. So we'll see how we go. I'll keep talking about it next week. All right. That's it. We uh, do some news. What do we got? There's a bunch here. Oh, yeah. Let's kick off with uh, BlizzCon Line. BlizzCon Line, as they called it. Um, so this is the delayed BlizzCon event, which is supposed to be held in the last year. They moved it to online because of the pandemic. Um, and uh, we got a bunch of announcements. I think overall, a bit of a letdown. Um, definitely not as big as the year before. Uh, yep. The one that I went to where they were like, fucking... The year before, before, yep. New, new, new... Uh, New, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Multiplayer fucking update for new expansion for for Warcraft. And here's Diablo 4 off the bat. And over, mm. by the way, Overwatch 2. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, yeah. This year I was they, a lot more tamer. <laughs> a lot tamer, yeah. They can't yeah. have known, but I still think they jumped the gun announcing Overwatch 2 when they did. I think, I think they were just trying to do it for fucking like because of all the shit was happening around them at that time yeah. like they wanted the good grace back being like yeah, true. we're a bit of a shit company right now but look at all this crap we've got cooking um anyway so uh they kicked off uh i guess by announcing um a bunch of new things we've talked about the the hearthstone stuff um mercenaries new hero builder mode coming to it um yep. we got the burning crusade classic edition coming to world of warcraft um which i mean that was the the next logical step for that it seems like it's it's pretty successful they talked about some new ways that you're going to be using that classic edition going forward and uh it obviously seems like they're gonna keep going like we'll see wrath of the lich king next next and all that sort of stuff um to the point where (laughs) like in 10 years time it'll be uh all, all the updates we're playing at the moment, it just seems like it's going to keep yeah. going at this point. Yeah, it's it does. That's so successful. Yeah. Um, we got the Blizzard Arcade Collection, um, which is strange because none of these games were released on arcade, but there you go. Uh, we got Lost Vikings, <laughs> Rock and Roll Racing, and Blackthorn. Um, from what I've heard, they're pretty good. Pretty good um, bundle, I guess. It seems to play really well. Um a lot of these games, uh, a lot of good fun. I played a bunch of these on consoles, uh, which I think is primarily where these ports or remasters or remakes are coming from, is the console yep. editions. Um, played a bunch of, of Lost Vikings and, and Rock and Roll Racing. Uh, Blackthorn, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't remember that game at all. I don't no. think I played that game. No, I didn't. Super Nintendo game, yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um Next up, we got some uh, Overwatch 2 news, which they didn't even talk about during the actual conference. Uh, but one thing that I saw coming out of that is uh, they've taken a bunch of feedback from from the hero missions in the game. And basically, they're allowing like all these different types of um, like modifiers into the missions that... Uh, they're talking about like hundreds and hundreds of different missions that you'll be able to go in and, re- and be able to play them. And they'll have different enemies or objectives or the maps that they're in um, that they're doing. It sort of sounds like a game director system or yeah. uh, something like that, which I don't know, like that sounds promising because the stuff that I saw was definitely um, interesting to play. It, it reminds me of like a Left 4 Dead style game or those like yeah. cooperative fighting AI um, 
because I got a chance to play that last year. And, and um, the one thing that I kind of came away from that being like, oh, is this just going to be like, where is the replayability going to be here? If you're talking about yeah. like, hey, this is Overwatch 2, but we're putting a lot of this single player stuff in, not single player, but like um, uh, PVE. narrative driven, yeah, PVE content. Like, how does that work? And, and it seems like they've gone and thought about it a bit more. And so whether or not that comes out working as intended, but it seems like an interesting idea, at least, I think. Any thoughts? Um, No, like, uh, I have zero interest in playing Overwatch 2 PvP Mm. um, because I burned out an Overwatch before, almost before it it actually came out. Um, But uh, I do love me some goofy... Horde mode stuff and i remember you talking it up last year and like back then i think i was resolved to yeah i'll play overwatch 2 pve in co-op uh with Mm -hmm. you guys and i remain the same all i got out of this was a uh it sounds like they're making it even better and b yeah uh good lord i cannot believe it's not coming out this year because (laughs) holy shit (laughs) man uh, like that, it's been a long time between drinks for people who are still playing fucking Overwatch One. I'll tell you what, like mm. that's bananas to me. They yep. they really did screw that up, right? Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like they they didn't even talk about it during the main briefing. They went straight over the top yeah, of exactly. it. This has yep. all come from like behind the scenes um, panels and things panels, like that. They yeah. did during the the day or the two days um which was like like it was free uh generally that sort of stuff you can't watch unless you paid for it um or you're at blizzcon that's how they make their money but this year it was all free which is good um Mm -hmm. but it was still was strange for them to come out and be like we're not even talking about it like so weird anyway um what else do we get diablo 2 resurrected um this was bad kept secret <laughs> we knew this was coming uh, uh we yeah. talked about it a couple of weeks ago with when um the team behind uh tony hawk's pro skater are working on this and um they showed it off obviously it's getting a, a big hd update um they're talking about cross progression across the different devices that you're able to play on um I, I looked into some uh, some of the panels they did. There's like quality of life things that are going on there now, uh, allowing you to compare items better. Um, but for the most part, it's like it's the same base game and they've built all this stuff over the top of it because uh, it's running that base game in the background. So they've had to figure out ways how to like, how do we get this game that runs at 25 frames per second and like all the combat works off that 25 frames per second across to modern days where you've got fast refresh rates and how do you make yep. it still work properly um so it seems like they're, they're spending i don't know like a, more resources and more time on this game compared to what they did with the warcraft mm. stuff i'm yep. still going to be a bit hesitant about all that sort of thing i guess we'll wait and see um skeptical but does this get you excited at all or like are you sort of in the camp of we've got Diablo 3 and that is probably the better game anyway at this point if you want to go and play? I think they turned Diablo 3 into a better game eventually. 
Hmm. Uh, but um, you have no idea how much fucking Diablo 2 I've played. I, I did, yeah, as well. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so fucking much of this game. So I'm probably going to go in just for nostalgia's sake and yeah. uh, have a look. I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. Hmm. Um, because I don't think they can afford to screw this pooch. Uh, yeah. It's like, if, yeah, they've got a Diablo 4 coming out, I do not think they can afford to fuck this one up because people will... There's there's a trend, a tendency to to hate on Blizzard and uh, yep. people will use this as an excuse if they can. So I don't think they can get away with it. It's yeah. dangerous. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and then they did some uh, Diablo 4 stuff. Uh, the uh, new character class, the Rogue mm. Reveal, um, which is a, a classic character from the uh, original games. Um, I, I'm digging all this stuff. Like every one of these characters they showed off, I'm like, I'm going to play that one. I'm going to play that one. I'm going to play that one. Like the... Um, I watched the uh, the panel that they did on uh, Diablo, I guess, straight after that. And that game just looks sick, man. The things they're talking about, like the the way that you can dismount from your mounts <laughs> and, and like attack at the same time, and they do these like sick animations. Um, being able to infuse different types of abilities that you've got, like your spells with like poison attacks, like you've got the same. You, you, you've you got an ability that you can use, but now it's like a frost ability or now I'm going to yeah. infuse it with poison and now it's doing the same sort of ability, but with poison damage. And like, it's it's taking that idea of like, um, I'm, I'm thinking of Path of Exile for some reason. Is it Path of Exile I'm thinking of? I think it I is Path know. of Exile. Because um, that's a Diablo clone, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it, t- it takes those sort of ideas of being able to modify your spells and it's doing... Yeah. Like they're doing the same sort of thing here. They tinkered with a bunch of that in Diablo three, but this is seems like it's going full in that direction. Um, I don't know if they've changed it much since I played it last year, but that being able to grab gems and like socket them into different abilities and like modify how spells work and and that sort of thing was um, that's what I think is going to be really interesting in terms of the gameplay and like how that is going to affect like you and me running into a game with the same character, which I think we might've done when we first played it. Um, yep. I, Cause I, I think we were both maybe wizards. Yeah, we were. Maybe yep. not, but like, that's kind of, I don't You're know. You're a wizard, Luke. It's not as exciting, right? When you and I both run into a co-op no, game no. and we're both playing as wizards and we're both doing pretty much the same spells. There's obviously different, a couple of different spells you can choose, but for the most part, yeah, they're the that's... same. Whereas here now we can play like the same, character classes but have different abilities and they're doing different like you're doing lightning electrical damage and i'm doing poison damage or something like that <laughs> right or yeah, fire damage yeah. and it changes the way your spells work like i think that stuff is really interesting and then that'll tie across to pvp and how all that works and like yeah man i'm just i'm super pumped for the things i've seen from this so far yeah um like I'm I'm excited too. I found the the rogue reveal video to be actually kind of dull, but they got me more hyped uh, as the weekend went went on. So uh, I think they did a good job with that stuff. 
Uh, I just I'm staggered that this also isn't making it out this year. Yeah. Uh, what are they um, got coming out this year? Um, arcade collection. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the weird thing is they wrapped this thing up and we're like, by the way, we got a lot more cooking. Like, we have so much cooking. You just don't know mm-hmm. about it yet. And you're like, all right, well, fair enough. All right, if you say so. <laughs> okay. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't this be the time to tell us? I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway or, or something but yeah, yeah. I, I guess like they sh- they showed some stuff kind of lackluster um, but it's been a weird 12 months so um, that's not really unsurprising anyway yeah. uh, let's carry any other thoughts about BlizzCon at all no, no. no. alright next up we've got uh, this is a weird story uh, mm-hmm. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is delayed indefinitely uh, as the developer has been replaced. We talked about this last year in August um, when the lead writer, Brian Mitsoda, was fired alongside with the creative director, uh, Kai Clooney, and Mm -hmm. then a week later they delayed that game to 2021. I went back and listened to the um, discussion that we had around then and then also during the game of the year podcast and we were just extremely confused about what was going on here it seemed like a weird creative i think we were talking about either this was a creative decision that they were not getting along with the publisher or like something was fucking wrong like yeah with that game but the thing is and this is something nate was talking about like he was like that game looks really interesting and cool like all the game footage we've seen looks really interesting and cool but we're in a world we're we're in a world now where we're post cyberpunk. <laughs> like maybe maybe shit is broken in that game or 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 like I don't I don't know. Um do you have any thoughts on like what is possibly going on here? Like I honestly don't know. Um I I can't like the the game can't be so broken that they would take this drastic a move without... There has to be... I think there has to be some sort of almost criminal level negligence going on. There must mm. be something going on here. Like, yeah. Because it this this is such a heavy-handed move for them to take um, that it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think... Like when it comes out, when it all boils out, uh, this is gonna be one hell of a story. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, yeah, I can't fucking fathom what it could be at this point because it's, it's right. huge. And yeah, Brian Masoda and Kai Clooney have been pretty quiet on it, so I just don't know. This was a game that was supposed to release in 2019, it was pushed back to yeah. March 2020 delayed again in august uh and now we're at the point where the developer has been removed from the project they're bringing someone else in to finish it they haven't said who um which was kind of weird because you'd think we get an idea of who is now working on this but they're like they didn't say anything at this point um so like what state that game is in is so bizarre like you don't hear about this stuff happening at all really um it's it's very weird I guess we'll find out more when someone decides to speak. But at this point, no one's saying a thing. 
Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, we've got EA has canceled Anthem Next, which was a redesign of the game that started over a year ago. Um, I know you're pretty disappointed about this. This was your game of year back in the day. It's, uh, I remember you saying that it was your favorite game ever. Um, that you, you loved BioWare. Go on. Doing. Go I remember. On. I remember this preview event you went to. You said this is the next best thing. You said, watch out, PUBG. Anthem is coming. <laughs> it does sound like me. Um, yeah. yeah uh, as Johnny Bravo was saying in our Discord, um, not that surprising ever since they uh, they cut to them during EA play at E3 in the crowd without getting them up on stage and uh, and asked them how, how development was going. And they were like, yeah, still going. Wink. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, well, <clears throat> that one's dead. But um, yeah, still, I don't know. The as I said in my preview, uh, however long ago, uh, there was potential in Anthem. Mm. It just needed more content than what it had. There was like there were they had some really cool ideas, um, some like there was some really cool stuff going on in the they sort of tweaked the triangle the classic uh, RPG triangle in a way that I thought was pretty interesting and um, yeah like the the way you comboed elements um, between different players to to ramp up your damage and stuff. They just never had the content to make doing any of that worth mm. focusing on and stuff. Um, yeah. It's not surprising it went this way. I am actually disappointed. I w- would have loved to see what they'd been working on all this time. And it's a shame yeah. that they like we're just never going to get to see what they did with it. Um, I would be annoyed if I'd paid for Anthem. I didn't. Uh, I neither did I. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, I could see being annoyed if, if you'd paid for it. Yeah. Because, yeah, there was... It was a promise. A promise that they were going to try to do something with it. So this is yeah. a shame. And that's the thing, right, is that they've, they, I think they've broken uh, the relationship between the player and uh, that studio. Bioware has not... They've struggled. The last couple of games they've put out between Anthem, yep. Mass Effect, Andromeda... Um, I liked Dragon Age Inquisition, um, I, but they, they've had a rough couple of games and uh, they're on a point now where I think they need to put something back out that'll be like a banging game um, that'll show like the caliber of stuff that they can make. And they're saying that this team has been moved on to, um, so the Anthem Next team has been moved on to Dragon Age 4 and uh, this next Mass Effect game um which i guess wait and have to see i feel like dragon age is further along than mass effect they they revealed that a while a while back um like 2017 or 2018 at this stage so um we'll probably see what, what they're cooking up quite soon um but I, I did you see this thing i posted in the the chat before that like Henry Cavill might be working on the, a Mass Effect game. I don't know. I did. Uh, or something. Uh, which, yeah. 
Man. Henry he's, he's working on something Mass so. Effect or he's trolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to find out more. Uh, if he was, uh, he would be a fucking amazing Commander Shepard. He'd be fucking yeah. phenomenal. How good would that be? Hmm. Yeah, I'd be well in for... He basically posted a picture from his Instagram account about him working on a, a new secret project with yeah. what's possibly a script or something in his hands, and it was blurred, but people went on blurred it using some AI tools and had yeah. a bunch of Mass Effect stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Gold. <laughs> Gold. Um, so either it could be a game or it could be a series or something. Um I guess yeah. we'll wait and see. We know he's a big gamer, so maybe he's gone or they've gone after him for a video game role. Um, I mean, we saw the stuff that happened with like, I don't know, uh, Keanu Reeves, right? And Cyberpunk and how that just sort of fucking shot him off. Um, it wouldn't be surprising if, if, if Henry Cavill is sort of thinking along the same thing. Yep. Uh, anyway, there you go. EA Speaking Anthem's of Cyberpunk. Dead. Cyberpunk, what about it? We didn't have it listed in the news, but uh, Cyberpunk tweeted, Cyberpunk game tweeted, while we clearly wanted to deliver patch 1.2 for Cyberpunk 2077 in the time span we detailed previously, the recent cyber attack on the studio's IT infrastructure and extensive scope of the update mean this unfortunately will not happen. We'll need some additional time. I literally, literally called that this is what they were going to do absolutely called that this was what they were going to do um anyway yeah so uh yeah i saw some some stuff on this yesterday or today i can't remember when i read it um that employees have been asked to like uh basically there's a chance that like personal details for like passport numbers and things like that have been taken um employees haven't been able to work for two weeks because they've had to ship all their PCs back to the main office to get uh, re- rebuilt and searched for malware. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit fucked over there right now. So uh, they're struggling. Anyway, uh, let's move on to some PlayStation news. We've got a What's, new pl- Before we go on, I, I've seen in our Discord, in the game spoilers mm. chat, there's a load of cyberpunk chat. And I really want to join in, but I don't want to. I want to. I wanted to wait for 1.2 to come out before I fucking finish this game, because I was under the impression this was going to be the one that wasn't going to turn it into a good game, but it was at least going to fix my major issues with it. But yeah. evidently, not yet. Yeah. Oh, you have to wait till next month. Sure. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, some PlayStation news. We got a new PlayStation VR is coming for the PlayStation 5. Um, this was an article on the PlayStation blog over the last week. Um, I guess the the biggest sort of information we got out of this thing was that it's only going to have one cable um, and that uh, they're still supporting VR. Uh, I, I kind of felt like they were backing off from that a little bit, um, but it seems like they're they're going in again for it because th- there was some good stuff that they got out of that um, last VR kit. I guess for me, the surprising thing that we didn't hear about was the Resident Evil game wasn't getting a VR section unless that's still something that is going to pop up because that was uh, great from what, I, from what I've seen. 
Um, but yeah, I guess this is there's not a whole lot of information that they sort of talked about here, other than the fact that they're working on it and they're developing a new system. This seems like the thing of like let's get this out here now because we're sending maybe dev kits out soon and we don't want it to be leaked, so we'll just tell people it's coming. Uh, it's going out there. Um, any thoughts on this? Uh, no, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. You know, single cord, yeah. it's interesting. They're not kind of fully cordless, but um, yeah, interesting nonetheless. Um, I think it'll be something I'm very keen to jump in when it does uh, to see how it plays out. But Right. Yeah. They said they're taking some of the the technology from the dual sense, uh, new dual sense controllers, and putting that in the VR and, uh, controllers. Um, yeah, which is interesting. Guess, yeah, we'll see what happens. We're gonna see like feedback on the triggers or some shit. Yeah, maybe That'd be interesting. That'd be cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and it's also an entry level solution for VR, right? It's probably one of the cheaper ways to get in. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, ignoring the $8,000 you need to spend to buy a grey market PlayStation 5, uh, it's probably one of the cheapest ways to get in. <laughs> or an $8,000 yeah. uh, Apple VR, as rumoured. Um, you can go for one of those. You heard about this? No. Apple is getting into VR and apparently it is ridiculous expensive, as Apple shocked. does. Yeah, I'm shocked. Uh, um, all right. But the M1 chip would probably allow them to make a really fucking good self-contained VR system. Hmm. Like that chip is fucking bananas. It's good shit. Like, yeah, Intel and AMD both need to fucking catch up to that shit. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and the last piece of news that I just jotted in here, because I thought I might as well mention it. Um, the first PlayStation state of play is happening mm. tomorrow. Um, that is for this year. Uh, we got a little bit of early news about this from um, from Jim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation. Uh, basically, uh, Gran Turismo has been moved out of 2021 across to 2022. They stated uh, due to uh, COVID-related incidents or issues. Um, but they also talked about um, the, the quotes that I saw was they felt pretty good uh, about Ratchet & Clank. Um, Rift Apart, which we talked about last week, is coming in a few months. And the yeah, other game true. is Horizon Forbidden West, uh, which they're mm. saying is towards the end of this year. Uh, the thing yeah. that they didn't mention was anything about Ragnarok, um, the next God of War game that is right. due for this year as well. So we don't know anything about that yet. Um, didn't we guess that that was the one that was going to get pushed? I'm pretty sure that's the one we guessed was going to get pushed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not... I'm not sure at this stage. Maybe they just surprise us and they're both out like, I don't know. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe Ragnarok is a March game. And they're like, fuck it, it's out. Bam. <laughs> That'd be wild. Um, that would be Because for me, I just don't see, like I don't see them doing Ratchet and Clank in June, July, Horizon Forbidden West in like, where would you put that? Like Holiday. October, November? November, yeah. And then, like, where do you chuck God of War then? It's next unless year, it's a, unless it's a March game. It's next year. You think? Uh, you think March next it? year? One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. What? What else? What do you reckon we're going to see? I mean, the only thing I'm still hanging out for is what's going on with 
with, with from software like every time they show a fucking playstation thing Elden i'm like ring. where is from software we're gonna see another lo- <laughs> a, a brand new logo for Elden ring i can't wait I'm <laughs> oh no no the next game <laughs> the next game oh yeah they're, they're, it's going ring. straight past yeah okay <laughs> are they working on like three <laughs> games at this stage we have no idea what it is oh uh, yeah i think they are yeah two yeah on on detailed games and elden ring yes armored core oh my god what if they come out you see the from logo right it comes up from software everyone fucking loses their shit it's got like the fucking orchestral score and then fucking a robot lands and it's like armored core seven and you're like fuck, fuck. No, stop it you fucking hd remaster <laughs> perfect yeah um it's it's got to be soon right maybe that's a surprise drop maybe they're like elden ring march oh, yeah. i don't know man i just want someone to drop a fucking games surprise out next game. month you just want Fuck a surprise you. game <laughs> <laughs> yep let's see internet lose their shit um yep. what about you any thoughts uh no that was from software is the only thing i'm super hoping to see so we'll have to we probably won't see it yeah yeah all right um i'm trying to think cool. anything else no nah, not really oh i'm i'm excited to see what they've got up their sleeve hopefully some big surprises spider-man um, uh no i think that's too early okay you think What's they the get you one called you what spider-man yeah the movie they, they oh. announced the actual title didn't they yeah um uh Home and away. Home, no, no, no way home. Um, no way home, right. It's because there have been so many fucking fake ones over the last 24... Not fake ones, but pretend ones. Um, Hold yeah. me in your arms. Don't let me go. I want to stay forever. That'll be the fourth film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. that, Sweet. That's the news. Question time. Questions. Alrighty. Uh, you can ask us questions in our Discord by the Discord channel that says questions. When you ask us questions, you must include a question, question. mark. Mm. It has to be a question. Nice Nico writes, Dear The Gap, Job mentioned legally emulating in the... He put, he put air quotes around legally. Emulating the, the, the abandoned GoldenEye remake the other week. And it got me thinking, do you guys legally, he did it again, emulate much? I legally emulate my favorite games from my childhood all the time, particularly the Paper Mario series. I have long ago ditched my N64 and GameCube, so I emulate them. They still hold up great. So any favorites that you legally emulate? Thanks, Nick. Uh, do you use emulators a lot, Luke? Um, it doesn't seem like the, your speed. I have, yes. The last one that I used was was the uh, Super NES Mini or Classic Edition. <clears throat> that was an emulator, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So you paid for an emulator. I paid for an emulator, yeah. So he is doing the legal end. He's actually, no air quotes, legally emulating Ask legally. That's, that's what I'm doing. Um. Do you use any emulators in the more traditional sense where you download ROMs and stuff? Oh, no. Not in no? not a long time, like 13 years or something like that. 
I uh, I have been doing Emu VR again. Emu VR, I guess it would be, uh, which is that uh, thing I showcased couple of months back um where it creates a a wrapper for the retro arch emulator system and then uh you can play games using um like your vr headset and it puts you in like a room and you sort of sit in this room and play on like an old school tv uh and i've been doing that a fair bit um my wife has emulated the Paper Mario games because she absolutely fucking loves those. Uh, so I've, I've set it up so that she can do that. Um, yeah. Uh, and most recently, I was trying to find a way to play Breath of the Wild on the Wii U emulator, the CMU. But setting that thing up is a fucking ball ache. Holy shit. It is. There's steps on steps on steps on steps. Um, and so I just gave up, but, uh, no, I'm a huge fan of emulation. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic that we're able to go back and, and visit the games of the past in an easy manner. Um, one, I, so I assume Nico is using dolphin emulator cause it's fucking phenomenal. It might be the best emulator of all time. Uh, but I am probably going to go and grab twin snakes to play that on the Dolphin emulator pretty soon because I haven't played that in forever and I'm very keen to revisit it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's the, like, yeah, emulators are fucking amazing. I love them. Um, emulating games, phenomenal. You probably even emulate Lost Vikings and Rock and Roll Racing. Genius. Yeah. You very easily do it. That's what that's all that Blizzard's doing is uh, emulating those old games hmm good stuff good question Nico awesome. uh, Johnny Bravo writes hey gents what's a good mobile game to play on the toilet I need something that I can jump into and play from 10 to 30-ish minutes what the f- 10 t- pending on my current diet and if I want to go back to my desk at work or not of course preferably that I don't need sound for although I've been known to take my headphones with me to the toilet at work to enjoy some Twitch on YouTube 4G uh, struggles to reach the work toilet sometimes, so I need something that doesn't rely on an internet connection, although I've been known to go up a few floors to those toilets to take advantage of the better mobile data reception. I was playing Yahtzee and doing some Sudoku, but this just feels like busy work than actually doing something with my life. While I'm on the subject, why do people put their phones on silent when on work slash public toilets? We all know you're on it. Mm -hmm. All right, first question. Uh, good mobile. Slay the Spire, Johnny Bravo. Uh, I didn't realize, but play Slay the Spire if you haven't played it. Even if you have played it, just play Slay the Spire on your fucking phone. 10 to 30 minutes, perfect amount of time for some Slay the Spire. Beautiful. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, maybe this Hearthstone fucking uh, deck builder will, will go all right. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question why do people put their phones on silent when on work public toilets uh, does this is the implication here that Johnny Bravo's phone isn't always on silent my phone is always on silent my Literally, phone's always on silent my yeah. phone hasn't made fucking noise 
I haven't had a phone that makes noise outside of the yapping of my like someone who's dead call me on the phone. I uh I I put my my uh my voicemail message now tells people to text or email me because I don't want to listen to voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> and I had some lady get really shirty at me. <laughs> She's like, she texted after her, I missed the phone call. She texted, she's like, as per your rather rude voice message, I am texting you. Uh, I'm like, oh shit, did I swear in it or something? Did I tell him to fuck off with the, I went and listened back to him. I'm like, that seems pretty respectful. I'm like, just fucking, what the fuck? Anyway. Um, yeah, no, my phone's always on silent. What the fuck are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah. Any any thoughts, Luke? Not really. Um, I most of the games I play are, are at this stage, like the stuff we've talked about, idle games. Still playing Idle Slayer. Um, yep. I don't know what type of phone we're talking about. Like, oh, stuff like like if you're an Apple user, check out um, Apple Arcade. It's a subscription service, sort of like. Uh, uh, game pass um where you get access to a library of games and uh, you could just jump in there and there's a bunch of games you can play on there i use that on my uh, iphone um but on my android like every once in a while every two weeks or so three weeks i'll check i'll check out the playstation sorry the play store um but nothing really jumps out at me so i just kind of play the same two things over and over again yeah yeah um yeah that's that's the that's my problem as well um Morkai writes i was playing egg ink for a while but i uninstalled it last week because it was sapping my time and battery life egg ink please first of all that's not a question mork uh and second of all uh yeah egg ink uh doesn't have what it's what you need it doesn't have enough long tail longevity yeah. unfortunately uh, i burned out on that one fucking yonks ago um yep yeah yeah uh heathy writes there were two crabs they work in pairs i went to annapolis for christ's sake that's it's like hot shots right hot shots that's on fucking oh yeah you don't care but disney plus added star mm. and there are so many fucking awesome movies on it. oh yeah. my god face off fucking yeah. con air yeah i watched that uh, recently <laughs> to hot shots and hot shots part do you Alien, the entire Alien fucking series, Predator movies, not except for the new one, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. I didn't see any other Terminators. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Fuck mm. yeah. Uh, okay. He's added a text file again. Hold on the gap. Tonight, I've been trying to explain to a mate what Armour 2 Wasteland was like, and it's made me realize I missed the fuck out of everything about that gaming experience. The gameplay, waiting for an objective to pop and deciding whether or not it was worth going for. Is is its value worth the effort to get there based on our current location? How is our equipment situation? Our numbers? How many of us are, drink, uh, are drinking while we're playing? That one wasn't a consideration, but maybe it should have been. Working together as a team to achieve the objective was paramount. The threat that other human-controlled team could appear at any moment to try and take what was ours was ever-present. We had to be on. Sometimes we were the ones looking for a fight. Sometimes we were laying in wait on a popular route between Novi and Ugolovo, 
uh, hoping an unsuspecting team would come along the road and we'd fuck them up. Which brings me to the social aspect. I have a three-part series on my YouTube channel of a session that lasted most of one Sunday. It started with just Job and I trying to collect a weapons cage before being buzzed by a human-controlled helicopter. As the day goes on, more members of TFS join us. Our duo become a trio as Dr. Video Games joined us. Uh, more members come and go, but... It was the type of game where that could happen seamlessly. Uh, we could go from playing silly buggers to being a semi-competent amateur milsim squad in a matter of moments. We all got along as well as you could hope as a team could. Good call-outs, useful information, solid plans with constructive criticism and no egos. But I was there. I don't understand. Um, we'd stick together and work together. Job's legs are broken after that firefight. Fjaren, you're the closest medic. You get him. I'll load that SUV with the caches. Heath's driving ahead and kicking up dust in Job's view. Job will call call passively me a dickhead. I assume passively, aggressively call me a dickhead, but we'll disembark in the forest, uh, eliminate the threat, and be on our way. Next time we're in a secure enough position, I might passively shoot Job in the leg and break it, but I'll medic him up before we head off and uh, to try and grab that shilker that was west of our position. Maybe we'll camp it and grief whoever comes to try to claim it. Uh, what I'm saying is that, in my opinion, this is the best team-based shooter I've played. PUBG came close, though it fell short in a few ways. You can only have a max of four people per squad. That's understandable given the nature of the game. A squad of six would be overkill. Also on PUBG, there is the constant time constraint. It's always working against you. The only time uh, constraint you had in Armour 2 Wasteland was that the server, say steak and beer, would reset at 9am and 5pm. Otherwise, you could sit in the same place for as long as you like. Come to think of it, all the team-based shooters have these same problems, Where, whether it be Call of Duty, Battlefield, or R6. Daisy is the only thing that comes close, and I remember Joe describing Wasteland to people as Daisy and Fast Forward. Uh, if there was anything else that out there as open as Armour 2 Wasteland, then that's what I want to be playing. This leads me to my question. Do you guys have any other games that aren't around today and have you feel that way, the way I feel about Wasteland? Something that you spent maybe hundreds of hours playing with no regrets and wish you could jump in and continue tomorrow. Also, Pete Deadmeat Thompson is dead. So is Mo Green, Tartaglia, Barzini, the heads of all, five, all the five families, it's moments like these, my dear friends, that we must ask ourselves, how can this not be part of some larger plan? Do good men like Dead Meat Thompson just blink out one day like a bad bulb? I mean, one minute, you're in bed with a knockout gal or guy. The next, you're a compost heap. Doesn't that bother any of you? Because it scares the living piss out of me. Apathetic regards, Heath. Always, as always, a weird ending. Um... Luke, do you have any games that aren't around today and uh, that have you feel the way that Heath feels about Wasteland, something you played hundreds of hours of with no regrets and wish you could jump in and continue tomorrow? Uh, PUBG. Got <laughs> 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 uh, Yeah, PUBG, is that it? <laughs> yeah, I think PUBG. Is that the answer? Before PUBG's they fucked it. It's been a good while since we've had a, a shit on PUBG, right? It's true. I well, I did reinstall it the other week. And yeah, it's been too long. Gave it a bit of a shitting. Um, yeah, uh, I, I love I loved Wasteland. I loved that style of play. Uh, 
I wonder, there must be something. What happened to DayZ? You were like, weren't, weren't we supposed to jump into that again? I installed it. I can't work out how to fucking start it. Like, I can't work it out. It's like you try to join a server and it kicks you, but it doesn't tell you why oh, you it's need kicked a list. you. And if you, if you Google the server that you were trying to join, there's like no official servers in Australia. Uh, if you Google the server you were trying to join, uh, it like you can't get enough details on how the fuck you're supposed to join the whitelist. Yeah. And so I just sort of gave up. I'm like, well, okay. I guess this one's passed me by, um, which sucks. But yeah. Um, no, wasteland. Wasteland was good. There must be some way to boil that that loop down, right? It's almost. It almost had like a a bit of rust to it, but without the like, because I think that's what that that loop was. But but again, in fast forward, you know, like mm. everything was a lot faster. Things mean meant less. It did have technically a time constraint. It was like if a it was like if a PUBG game lasted for eight hours or some shit. That's that's more like. Like there was no circle closing, uh, there was no clear objective. Uh, but if it had like a scoreboard at the end, you could analyze and determine a team that succeeded, and that would probably be enough to qualify Wasteland as a a game that could be like that you could pitch to major publishers. Uh, they'd never make it, never in a million years, because there's just too much that could go wrong but if you could like if you get it to a double a team the way that brendan green got PUBG off the ground that'd be something else eh? wasteland fucking it ruled it was fantastic mm -hmm. or just do like a mod for PUBG that was wasteland yeah that'd be pretty interesting Hey, uh, a mod for PUBG that made it. Maybe game. PUBG too. Genius. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Good hotshot stuff, Heath. Very yeah. hot. Very shot. Is that the questions? That is the questions. Great questions. Uh, one more thing. We had some breaking news while we were talking, uh, while we've been podcasting. Um, the Halo TV series uh, will be premiering on Paramount Plus next mm. year. Um, so this has been filming for, they actually started filming this last year and then went on a break during all the COVID stuff. Um, and today, uh, Paramount Plus has, they're, they're launching this new streaming service and Halo will be one of the series to debut on that next year. Yep. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Uh, Pablo Schreiber will be uh, Master Chief who is, or Master Chef, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, who's been in a bunch of shows that I've watched. Um, he's been in American Gods. Uh, he's in Orange is the New Black. Um, he was in something I watched recently. It was called Defending Jacob um, with Chris Evans. Um, yeah, bunch of things. Bunch of things there. Any any thoughts on this at all? Uh, keen to see it, but yeah. uh, we'll have to wait and see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um yeah, yeah. I, I I liked what was that one that they had coming out alongside Halo Five. Uh, 
I don't know. Can't remember. But I, I, I like that. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, so yeah. Fair enough. All right, thought I'd just drop that in because that was happening while I've been chatting away. Um, I think that's it. Yep. That's podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all the places you get your podcast from under the gap or the GA podcast. Uh, please rate and review the show if you got a moment. It helps other people find us. Uh, you can send us questions via email, the GA podcast at gmail.com or jump onto our Discord page, the GA podcast.com slash Discord, uh, like all those other people did for this week. Uh, you can also just chat in our in our many, many rooms that we've got there um, or play games. There's still a bunch of people playing Valhalla um every night it looks like in there like tons and tons of people um so that's cool uh you can also find us on uh social media uh twitter.com slash the ga podcast and facebook.com slash the ga podcast i think we're back i don't know i don't know what the fuck's going on there anymore uh you can also find us on youtube the ga podcast.com slash youtube you want to watch the podcast on video format uh, you can also find our website thegapodcast.com it's got links to all those things we just talked about including past episodes of the show if you want to go check them out and that is all thanks to our patreon members who uh help keep the podcast going and the site running if you'd like to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash the podcast become a uh, recurring member um and get the podcast early generally usually um I think I usually put it up like a couple hours after we finish recording here. So yeah, nice. spicy little bonus for you. Uh, so thank you to everyone that does that. I greatly appreciate your support. Anything you would we like love to you. pimp out best. for this week that you got going on? Head to Ozgamers to check out my Crimson Heist uh, preview there. I did another one on RedBull.com. I don't know when that is going up, but should be up by the time most people nice. listen to this. Yep. And stay tuned. Early next week, I should have uh, some preview stuff of um, the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm playing that uh, early and talking to the the dev team about it. Cool. So, yeah. Yep. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, you can find me twitter.com slash Luke Laurie, L-A-W-R-I-E, and you're Joby Jojo on Twitter. Uh, um, I am. That is it. We'll be back next week. More podcasts, more video games, maybe some more TV music, uh, movie news. No Borderlands news this week. We're on a break. No. Um, Gutted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They had to, we'll they're trying to throw us off the trail. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, we, we caught on. Um, I don't know. Maybe yep. next week we'll find out who else is in that movie. Uh, I just want to know. I want to know what other c- catastrophe they're doing. Just, just give it to me. Fill me up with, with that nonsense. I'll have it. Do it. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week.